Attention, podcast listener. We've got an exciting new podcast coming just for patrons of patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 1 has begun exclusively for our $5 and up patrons on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's the first 10 episodes of Futurama coming to you once a week. So just sign up for $5 a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and you'll get Talking Futurama Season 2 and all of our limited miniseries, including the entirety of Talking Futurama Season 1. That's 13 episodes. That is patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Now please enjoy the rest of this podcast. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we transcend incorrigible. I'm your host, furious political thinker Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Je suis Henri Gilbert, je ne parle pas français. Very good. And who else is here with us? Communist spy, Cat Bailey. And today's episode is The Crepes of Wrath. Buggy, I'm home! That is Bart's classic catchphrase. <laughs> oh, I love it. Today's episode aired on April 15th, 1990, Tax Day. And uh, Henry will tell us what happened on this day in real world history, as always. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, boy, Bobby. In Living Color debuts the same night as this episode of The Simpsons. Oh, that explains its longevity. <laughs> People's instinctive travels and the paths of rhythm is the debut studio album of American hip-hop group The Tribe Called Quest. Hmm. And for the third week in a row, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are number one at the box office. I know I saw that as a child. Mm-hmm. For my birthday, actually, coming up in May, so it was still uh, in theaters then. I also saw it in theaters, and I just remember that everybody would be yelling Raphael's immortal line, Damn it. Damn it! Damn it. <laughs> Gotta know what a crumpet is to enjoy cricket. I mean, that movie, that movie came at the perfect time. You hear the stories about how they made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they thought they they couldn't sell it to any movie studio in America. They got funding from like a Chinese, the Raymond Chow company uh, that mainly does kung fu films, and they produce it, and it's dirty and darker, much darker than the it's cartoon. It's very confusing if you came in from the <laughs> cartoons because you're like going, "Where's Krang? Where's Bebop and Rocksteady?" <laughs> Uh, I, I recently saw a tweet where there was somebody selling one of those decaying animatronic heads from oh, that yes, movie, yeah. and it was just a, a nightmare. Like, if you <laughs> saw that in your living room, you'd burn the house down. But they did a great job with those suits. They look really is. good in that movie. But here's the problem, though. Now, when you watch those movies on Blu-ray, you can see the man's face in yeah. the mouth. No! It is terrifying. Yeah, you don't want that. It's like, that turtle just ate a man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe they, in future, in newer editions of it, there's a big one I always remember my friend pointing out, like, it's when Michelangelo is doing the turtle wax bit and it makes Donnie laugh his mouth goes backwards and you can see the eyes in there and they like blacked them out That's on good. later editions the- but it's just like the Terminator movie Arnold Schwarzenegger did not know how much of his penis you would see in the future <laughs> and now we can see all of it just shaking uh, back and forth and uh, uh, the, man, not I, bad I watched that Ninja Turtles movie 8 million times it was one of my prized VHS's with the FHE at the beginning of yeah. it and the in, in like crayon, like a child yeah. drew it. In the Pizza Hut commercial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a baseball playing yes. kid. Yeah, and 
it came with a pizza coupon as well, I believe. Which is funny too. Pizza Hut paid all that money to get on the TMNT video, but it was Domino's that was in the movie. Like, I, I bet oh, they, it was. Yeah, I bet they passed early and didn't realize like this. You need to get on board yeah. this thing. So yeah, there was also a coupon on the. Um, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game for NES yes, as well. Yeah. So No, Pizza Hut, they learned their mistake and they, uh, for the Bay, Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtles movie, it was a Pizza Hut pizza and that too. But uh, yeah, no, that man, that movie with its violence and like uh, just seeing the puppety turtles walking around like in the... Like in somebody's backyard or whatever, it just felt so real. I and don't all know. the teenagers being evil yeah. and stealing things. That's what also sucked in the sequel is that too many parents complained and they're like, no, 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 this is too violent. Now you got to use yo-yos. More pie fights, more chandeliers. (laughs) A lot more slapstick, yeah. As a little kid, though, I was a little pedant, which is why I have a podcast today. And I was mad that uh, not only were the foot soldiers humans, Mm -hmm. but they also changed the name of April O'Neil's news station. They changed the number. Oh, yeah. It was Channel 3 in the movie, Something like that. They changed the... They were originally humans in the comic, weren't they? And they changed them into robots for the cartoon because you can't Mm. have the turtles literally stabbing people it's true but i wanted to see it uh (laughs) me too and it stuck with the comic book idea that splinter was a rat that grew large instead of a man who turned into a rat like it was in the uh in the animated series his name was hamato yoshi yeah instead he was owned by hamato yoshi and Mm. i also remember his great line like Every father loves his son. Thank you, Kevin Clash. I made a funny. Did and you then know? a few years later, they went back in time. Mm, that's the worst one. Did yes. you know the guy who did the voice of Splinter was also Elmo and the baby from Dinosaurs? I did not know yeah, that was that's Kevin, Kevin Clash. Clash. Wow. Did you say the baby from Dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. That yeah. voice is just Elmo, right? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it's like Elmo plus 3% meaner. Mm. Elmo's actually kind of mean until he became a real superstar. But, uh, but also, I want to talk about A Tribe Called Quest. People uh, love quests these days. <laughs> what quest bars you mean? Uh, no, just the idea of quests. Like people uh, are always doing quests. They love them <laughs> in games. Well, the hip hop group at Tribe Called Quest is is really great. This uh, this is the album that has Can I Kick It and El Segundo. Uh, I will admit that I am the white dweebazoid who listened to Beastie Boys first, and then when Q Tip <laughs> was on a Beastie Boys uh, track, I was like, Oh, where's this Q Tip gentleman from? My first rap was uh, Deep Deep Trouble. <laughs> Well, Bart yeah. Simpson's own rap. I definitely didn't get this Tribe Called Quest album when it first came out. And uh, In Living Color as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was uh, quite quite a show. Very was, uh, ribald. Oh, quite ribald. The, like, yeah, it was just the way, it was the Wayans Brothers were get, uh, their gift to the world was In Living Color. I think it, it did really, like, hip up sketch comedy. Like, it seemed so much more plugged into uh, popular culture than SNL was in 1990, that's for sure. I did love the Jim Carrey characters. That's what yeah. brought me to the theater to see Ace Ventura. Now, look, uh, like most co- comedy, if you go back to from 1990, it's full of ableist and homophobic and, and transphobic stuff because it was a long time ago. Yes, and, and it was trying to be edgy. Yes, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I guess that's all the memories we've got for this week's episode. Uh, welcome back, Cat. Hey. Hello, Cat. Hey. When was Cat last on our podcast? Boy, must have been that Super Bowl episode in yeah. season 10, right? It's been a minute, yes. Sunday, cruddy Sunday, right? Yeah. No sports right. in this episode, though. No, the sport of 
child abuse <laughs> plays an active role in this episode. Uh, but I guess we did ask you, though, uh, to come because unlike me and Bob, the very uncultured men, uh, you've been to France, haven't you? Yeah, I've been to France a few times at this point. It's a mm. very beautiful country, actually, despite what the Simpsons would have you say, full of very normal people just trying to live their lives. Mm. But I've been to Paris, and I've been to Lyon, and I've been to Nice. Ooh. Actually, my partner spent like three months in Nice, uh, which is south of France near Monaco. It's a very beautiful city. I really enjoyed my time there. I almost went to France when I worked with you, Kat. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, uh, right. Yes. And then you got horrifically ill. Yes. I had some sort of lesser COVID. Everyone, (laughs) uh, everyone. So I went to the United Kingdom first. That was my first international trip at like age 33 for a uh, RuneScape event. And it was awful, and everyone there got some massive super flu, and that knocked me out for like 10 days. That's insane. And I had like a, fr- a trip to France right after that to see the makers of um, Life is Strange. They're making a vampire game that's out now, and that was the, the grand preview event for that. Oh. They were going to fly me to France. Oh. I wanted the early aughts games journalist treatment, but I was too sick for that. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Kat, do you speak any French? Or? Oh, heck no. I'm oh, terrible okay. at French. <laughs> I think the only language that I kind of speak is Japanese, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Well, how how easy is it to get around not uh, not speaking French in France? Not too hard, actually, because if you know English, you know the, uh, pardon me, the lingua franca of the world. Uh, so yeah. you can kind of get away with anything. I think the trick is when you address somebody in French, you should probably start by introducing yourself and saying bonjour. Mm. And they will like, and that's just the polite thing to do. And then they will kind of loosen up, and then you can ask for whatever you want, okay. and they'll be more willing to talk to you because you're being polite. Uh, do they? They don't look down on uh, rude Americans. Oh, like they you? so look down <laughs> on rude Americans. But as with anything, as long as you're not the ugly American, they will kind of roll with it and help mm. you out. Just don't be bad. Okay. Uh, that's why I think it's pretty crappy that Bart in this episode meets like a gendarme who can't speak English. That seems unlikely to me. I don't, mm. I, don't I don't know. I think there are plenty of people in France who can't speak English and in a lot of countries as well. So, But the channel's right over. The, like, it's England's right there. The channel. Uh, Jump in. I'm, a, I'm never <laughs> going to assume that somebody speaks my language just because my language happens to be the dominant one in the world, right? No, I, I look, yes, I agree. But I I guess I was dangerously close to saying, like, learn English, Frenchies. <laughs> when I was uh, in Germany, actually, uh, pretty much everybody spoke English except for one person. And mm. I was like, okay, so this person cannot speak English. And honestly, if I were German, I would probably be that person. I'd probably be like, I can't speak English. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, one of my trips to Japan, I hung out with my friend, my cousin who worked in the JET program, and most of her friends were Europeans who were there to learn Japanese, and they were all speaking to each other in Japanese, and I couldn't follow it all, and mm. they felt, I they were looking at me like, oh, they, they, they took pity on me being so left out, and they all begrudgingly spoke English so I could be included <laughs> in the conversation. This episode is accurate in one way. Total immersion is the way to learn a language, because mm. when I went to Japan, I did not, I had taken three years of Japanese. I did not know it very well but once i was there and i was just surrounded by signs and i was having to deal with the general kind of phrases that everybody uses every single day it started to click with me a lot more mm. and then if you're just speaking to people who are going to speak to you in french or japanese eventually you almost can't help but learn it so mm-hmm. i'm not saying that bart would just like it would just mm. click you know yeah. the way well, it does in this episode well, especially because he seems to only be around cesar and Ugolin, who do not really speak french that much around him 
Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, my tip for learning a language is date someone who knows another language and just be like, what's that say? What's, that say? <laughs> what's this? Good strategy. Yeah. 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 Well, now your uh, your partner is trilingual at least. That's true. Yeah. Uh, French, Japanese, and English. Yeah. Uh, but uh, puts me to shame. <laughs> so embarrassing because I'm an American who doesn't have yeah. to try. I mean, to even learn uh, one language is a lot for American. I in high school for most American high schools in, in my time, you could either learn Spanish or French, and I chose Spanish. I was like, it I chose French. Easier. Yeah. I don't know if they still do it this way, but uh, it's like, okay, welcome to high school, the language center of your brain is shut down time to learn another language folks <laughs> sit down so you should really be learning in elementary school definitely yeah just like biologically it makes the most sense mm, yeah. yeah i can just see the uh, reactionary move though about learning another language like mm. teaching it to children they'd they'd see it as evil see, I if think. you go to the netherlands they know like five languages <laughs> at least and so i'm just going so what are they doing differently why don't we do that they well they instead uh, had us you know memorize certain dates and mm-hmm. state capitals important yeah. stuff that we can't just look up instantly now <laughs> well, i mean it's democratic socialism i think is the one answer there mm-hmm. but, i have uh, a lot of propaganda in my head though yep, so yep, does lisa too. simpson uh, in this episode no i love that lisa has to defend america from a bad position she's like uh look we got land of opportunity yeah, Make, all, but, uh, manifest destiny though though all the spanish i learned pretty much all gone i can i mean i could like read a menu of meats perhaps <laughs> but that's kind of it at a restaurant the problem is that language spanish t- language in a lot of schools i mean it was useless in mine because they just keep teaching you the basics over and over again and at a certain point it's like okay but we're not moving to the next level you don't go to the next level unless you actually talk to people Mm. and hang out with people who speak spanish or you go to like college or something that's why you need that bird on your phone to teach you right Mm. that little bird (laughs) duolingo there you go Mm -hmm. uh but yeah your your french studies all gone in your brain bob oh for sure i had to take it in college too (laughs) and then i had to take a french equivalency test in grad school to get a master's degree they just Mm. let me have a dictionary Oh, that's <laughs> so like it's a formality to just translate this essay, and uh, the entire time I think I talked about this before. The entire time I was distracted because I was staring at a signed Star Trek: The Next Generation poster because I was taking it in the professor's office. <laughs> so just staring at the entire cast, that, and it was signed. It was signed by them. Wow. All of them? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, what a cool dude. Clearly, professor. you remembered the most important thing of that. Exactly. Le Wolf. <laughs> Jean Luc. Oh, Jean Luc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do I talk about this episode though? I guess. If it's we must. Uh, written and directed by everybody. Everybody in America yeah, had a hand in this. Like, uh, I think you said this before, Henry. It took sh- uh, these showrunners a while to learn. Like, hey, you're a showrunner. Don't put your name on a script. Yeah. I think even if you rewrote it. a lot of it. So that's why. Um, Sam Simon and uh, well, Sam Simon's name is on this, but also uh, George Meyer, John Swartzwelder, and John Vitti. And we covered John Vitti last time, yeah. but it's got a ton of writers. This is just so many writers, which I think this is why I think this is the worst episode script wise of the season. There's worse animated ones and worse looking ones and poorly more poorly executed but as a story it feels so stitched together and when you see those four names on there it really mm-hmm. hits home like oh yeah these things are all a few writers all coming at it from different directions and especially like there's there's a real arc that's lost in like bart uh bart's life i think especially 
absolutely here. I think so. And I think uh, we might have covered George Meyer when he came back for his grand return in Sunday, Cruddy Sunday. That was Cat's last episode. But he was hired. He had worked on SNL and David Letterman. He was hired to basically do punch up on the show. But that turned into a full time writing gig when he liked it so much. So he sort of kept that punch up role for his entire uh, reign at The Simpsons. He does not have a lot of credited scripts. Mm-hmm. Quick story I love about George Meyer is on the Mr. Show DVD commentaries. Uh, in oh, one, yeah. In, in, I think it's in a first season episode. Bob Odenkirk just points out like, oh, there's George Meyer in the audience. He's the funniest guy in the world. And he, uh, Bob says like, he heard a story from George that er, in like season one writer's room, George pitched a joke and he's like, well, and then Doug says this. Like, Doug, he's like, Bart, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The kid. It doesn't matter. But yeah, he is one of the writers on here. And uh, we talked about... He's the comment. He's, it's him and Wes Archer in a lonely just, commentary. Just those two, yeah. yeah. And uh, Wes Archer is the one of the directors who took over from Milk Gray. And we talked about him in uh, Simpson Tide, his yes. only like solo episode. I got to say, go to Wes Archer's Instagram. It's called Archer Machin. And he is currently... I mean, he's posted a lot of old great art. But currently, as of this recording, he's posting like the story boards of moaning lisa oh and it was funny because i was like oh he did the storyboards who directed it oh right he did yeah they did a lot of work on these shows well and i mean behind the scenes milt was one of those saturday morning guys who were fired off of the directing like it i think it's my guess would be it was guild laws like or guild bylines that he gets to keep his director credit it just gets uh with an and put in it but i think they scrapped most of it there's like two i think there's like one or two shots where on the commentary west archer says oh that was milk gray is like this this yeah. setup was milk it's very nice to give him credit even though it didn't really work out for him as director i mean he'd still be on the show forever doing yes. other stuff but yeah yeah the scene of bart in the rain with the police officer that was one of milk grade's like uh directorial shots yeah so they didn't scrap the whole thing i think it definitely seems like um, there was more antipathy towards Kent Butterworth in uh, the Simpsons yeah. offices of Milton Gray. But he went on to delight us with the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, oh, yeah. Man. If, yeah. If, if Kent hadn't stayed, if Kent had stayed on the Simpsons for years to come, he could have never directed all the chili dog uh, fun we saw. You know, I flip. That's the better Sonic cartoon. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Go back. There's not a horrible Frenchman stinking up that Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Speaking of French people, we're going to be very anti-Frank. I'm not. Oh, by the way, I wasn't saying he's horrible because he's French. He is uh, intentially a French stereotype, and all the jokes are about how he's a coward because oh, yeah. it's uh. making fun of the president of Deke. There's yeah. a character oh, in Sonic right. the Hedgehog Saturday morning cartoon that is just to make fun of a French guy they know. Oh, really? That's I, why I Antoine that. or whatever his Antoine, name is. Antoine, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I watched the theme song for Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog not too long ago, and I got embarrassed just watching it. It's very Looney Tunes. They're trying the hardest. Let's talk about where this episode came from, which I'm sure we talked about in the original episode, but I did not know this until 2001 when I first uh, heard these DVD commentaries. So this episode is kind of loosely based on the French movie Manon of the Spring, uh, including characters named César and Ugalan, who are the two people in this uh, episode. And so uh, this is based on the second volume of a two-volume novel uh, by Marcel Pagnol. And I asked Nina about this because I guess in school they read these or saw the movie or something. So I have some comments about uh, what these two movies are about based on these two novels. Oh boy. So Nina says... 
First one is about a hunchback named Jean, played by Gerard Depardieu, who inherits property with a convenient spring. He doesn't know about the spring because two greedy guys named Cesar and Ugalan had plugged it up and hit it to decrease land value so they could buy it, unblock the spring, and expand their carnation-growing business. Mm-hmm. Jean doesn't know about the spring, so he has to drag water from much further sources to stubbornly keep his rabbit farm going. He eventually dies in an attempt to dig for the water source. <sighs> So I guess maybe Bart carrying the water might be a reference to that. Who knows? But in the the tricky Saison Ugolin. Good villainous names. Yep. Yep. And in the second volume, which is what this uh, show is based on, the show is based on the movie that's based on the second volume of this two novel series. Very complicated. But in the sequel, Manon of the Spring, Cesar and Ugolon have bought Jean's land, unblocked the spring, and their carnation business is a success. But Jean's daughter, Manon, saw them unblock the spring as a child, and she grows up to avenge her father, and it's pretty badass. Oh, so awesome. It's like the first part the first book sets up the revenge, and the second book is just revenge. I like see. a kind of Monte Cristo kind of thing. I like that. Yeah. So I'm nice... impressed that Nina remembers all this. I don't remember <laughs> well, any books I read in high school. She was assisted by the wiki, but <laughs> I was like, you saw this before please help me out and thank you nina i believe it is jean is played by uh gerard, gerard depardieu, depardieu yes. before he was pooping in airplanes uh, i mean not not in the toilet he was just pooping uh, i forgot about that he pooped yeah. on like the the drink cart or something that sounds like old jerry swigging uh, uh swigging <laughs> bottles of wine and uh, uh <laughs> sad end for gerard depardieu still alive but still oh boy okay he's well. uh not not doing too well. well so i think this is the first time i've seen this episode ever really? yeah holy cow so back when the Simpsons was in syndication i would generally skip the season one episodes because they were so roughly animated Mm -hmm. and their pacing was completely different and they're very understated compared to the zanier episodes that came out somewhat later so it's kind of an interesting experience for me to go back to this episode and go okay well it's a lot more low-key the animation is kind of strange the fade in and fade out like that you guys have mentioned in other episodes was very apparent it definitely reminded me of the shorts. You can hear the comedic timing a little bit, like the very dry wit of The Simpsons, but it's really dry, like mm. so dry in this episode. Yeah, it really is. Well, uh, for so much of season one, the dry wit spirit is having to like claw its way through like this just morass of animation that doesn't understand how to express it, you know? So they keep trying to be like, hey, here's a clever turn of phrase. Well, it's delicious really lightly and the and the character isn't really framed well for it so it just kind of goes by and you don't even think about it there was a line that got a guffaw on me though okay well we'll get to that yep. we, we've not recorded homer's night out yet you already heard it we have not recorded it yet one thing i noticed in this episode i'm not sure if it's present in that one is that uh, they've really figured out the layout of the house it's the one thing i noticed it's a major improvement like i was like oh it's pretty consistent now and it's well drawn like uh, yeah you know what i think uh, homer's night out you see that a little bit of that there too though this makes it really clear of like up the stairs and there's Bart's room like, yeah and yeah. then when Homer's on the couch you can see like through the doorways into the, like the logical places these rooms exist most of the time yeah. so yeah I did yeah. notice that I, I think it's really comes together in this episode yeah which is is good because the first act is just like all in the uh, <laughs> living room <laughs> yes uh, Roger sorry Roger Meyer George Meyer calls it Langorious it's like <laughs> wow this scene is so talky uh, especially the Skinner the Skinner Homer Marge conversation and I think another uh, place this came from, or they talked about how in 
in Bart the Genius that Skinner keeps his dream is to get rid of Bart and to get him out of school. And so this is the second episode where they want the starting point to be like, well, how does Bart get to France? Well, Skinner wants to get rid of him once more. It's another plot by Skinner to get Bart out of Springfield Elementary. And I, I think that's they really dropped that by like the third. I, I guess with Super Nintendo Chalmers, he does expel Bart, but it's, he, does, he doesn't really want to do that. He yeah. doesn't celebrate it. Is there, uh, do you know what production order this was? Uh, this is, it's pretty much in production order from here on out. Homer's Night Out does come before Life on the Fast Lane, but this is next. Like, this is the... This had to have been sec- after the Christmas episode, because yes. they have Santa's Little Helper. In this yeah, one. it's the, fr- again, we have not done Homer's Night Out yet, but it's the first time I remember seeing him after that special. Uh, no, I looked, uh, I looked that up. This appearance in the opening by Santa's Little Helper is his first appearance since the Christmas special, and his only other season one appearance. It's funny, like, they get him in the Christmas special, and it's the eighth production episode, right? Yes. So yeah. that airs first, and you don't see him for, like, two more months. So <laughs> I'm sure viewers thought, like, oh, yeah, the dog's a plot point. We're not going to see him again. So they might have been surprised seeing him for a joke in this. Yeah, yeah. They, he comes back with a vengeance in season two. Like, oh, yeah. He's in a lot more episodes. The but, cat's uh, there, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is the third appearance of When they uh, remember Snowball that the Simpsons too. have uh, pets. When there's a need for a joke. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Simpsons will be right back. If you thought he was a troublemaker at home, wait till you see Bart in Paris. Ooh la la. The Simpsons, Sunday at 8.30 on Fox 5. Hope you guys are enjoying this week's episode along with our cherry bomb of a guest, Kat Bailey. We always appreciate her coming on the show. Follow her on Twitter at the underscore Catbot and check out all the cool stuff she's been doing about Final Fantasy VII Remake and tons more cool podcasts on the website. She's the editor-in-chief of US Gamer. And if you guys enjoy this podcast but want to hear even more content and a ton of stuff early, then you should really consider joining the Talking Simpsons Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. On that website, you get to hear every episode a week ahead of time and ad-free of Talking Simpsons. You can be hearing next week's right now. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we cover a different animated series in the Talking Simpsons style. Not to mention, you get tons of extras. Starting this month, Talking Mission Hill, our newest Patreon-exclusive miniseries, where we give the Talking Simpsons treatment to the beloved Mission Hill, And we did the same for the entire series of The Critic, the first 25 episodes of Futurama, and the first season of King of the Hill. You can hear all those exclusively if you're a Patreon supporter. And also, we have a ton of interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons, some as early as season one, including our most recent one, brand new, with John Vitti, one of the writers of this episode. He had so much to tell us about his time on The Simpsons. It was amazing. You can hear that right now, along with over 20 other interviews at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for just five bucks a month
But if you want something even fancier than the life of a frog, you should sign up at the $10 level to get all the stuff we just mentioned for the $5 a month folks, plus our exclusive monthly podcast, What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob talk often for over four hours about a different animated feature film. We've covered films as diverse as Toy Story, Akira, a Goofy movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Beavis and Butthead to America, Iron Giant, The Animatrix, and more. And our most recent one is the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. And this month, you'll be hearing very soon our podcast for The Loop on the Third movie, The Castle of Cagliostro, Hayao Miyazaki's first film as a director. You can only hear that if you're a $10 and up subscriber. Over 60 hours of podcast right at your fingertips. 10 bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. But yes, the, the episode opens with Bart arriving home from school, seeing his wonderful frog that he always has, his <laughs> beloved frog, Froggy. They they only gave him a frog to make French jokes, right? Like, it's true. That's the, that's the only reason. And I didn't know about this whole frog Frenchman thing until after uh, 9-11, mm, okay. when that became popular again. I thought, for me, really? it was... Yeah. Uh, There's the bullfrog joke from... Uh, I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't know if I got that. Okay. At the time, but like I started hearing like all oh, the frogs don't want to go to war. I didn't know it was fully a slur, I yeah. guess. But yeah. I in the yeah, in the Simpson in the treehouse where they hit Springfield with a neutron bomb, he's like, That will show you for calling us frogs. And then they're they're uh, stuck. I joked that I joked about that one forever because <laughs> I had poor taste in comedy, but whatever. <laughs> uh and uh, Bart's room is very messy. I feel like my mom probably told me my room looked that bad when I was seven. We're back well. to Marge going, don't do that. Don't do that. It's yeah. very Dennis, up. It's very Dennis Menace and he's like got all the toys oh, everywhere. He's yeah. got to clean it up. Yes, but uh, but yes, Homer has a little accident. Jeez, Louise, look at this mess. I told that boy a billion times to pick up his job. Ah! 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 I like to play with you. I like to play with back. you. There goes my back I again. I like to play with you. 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 Don't get help, boy. I like to play with you. 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 Maggie, my poor back. <laughs> Dad! Homer, what happened? The boy. Bring me the boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I uh, I love the wearing out of the crusty sa- voice. It's like box. a rake joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that reminds me of uh, we lived with my grandma for a while, and uh, she still had some of my mom's old toys, including this like Mickey Mouse pull string thing from the '60s, mm. and it sounded like a like a demon when you pulled it because it was just so worn out. So Mickey Mouse goes like, "See you real soon," or whatever. It goes see you real soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like that this one the. 
record by falling, it set the record on repeat and it just it constantly is spin- turning and turning and turning until it wears it out in front of Homer and drives him insane. Like Bart Bart apparently didn't leave his room for f- like three hours or something. <laughs> Too uh, much uh, frog watching. He's just staring at frog. Pretty good frat prat fall by Homer. I feel like they had to keep one upping themselves until mm. finally he was going down the mountain and then out the <laughs> ambulance and all that. I, I love that his his stairs are like five flights tall for him to fall that long. I it's mm. one of my favorite like animation gags in this episode. And, and you can hear real Homer <laughs> in there when uh, Dan is reacting to the Oh, fall. the screams, yeah. yeah. He, once Homer has to scream, that gets Dan in the spot of like, oh, this is Homer. It's yep. like, they, they finally are figuring him out. And Santa's little helper's appearance is basically just a Lassie joke about how he's like, oh, Lassie would have gotten help, and instead he just lays down <laughs> next to him. Everyone's having a real nap next to Homer. I love they think it's a nap party. They're yeah. like, oh, you're sleeping here, Homer. My cat would totally sleep, would just crawl into my chest and just... <laughs> sit there or under my face one of the two they'd uh, be like oh now you're not your back's so hurt you can't uh, push me away from oh, your this face. looks the comfortable i've been wanting to eat that face for years <laughs> now it's my chance uh the and i mean also homer's famous trick back it always it's acting up as we all know <laughs> happens to him all the time so homer's torture here is pretty funny and i think it's kind of supposed to set up the bart like deserve some comeuppance that like he causes this pain to homer and uh, that's why you're supposed to not feel terrible that he then gets tortured like kind of whoa, an really aesop style punishment of like the mean prince is brought low or, but he's uh, just being bart i know it's, uh, uh, it's asymmetrical uh, well that's why it doesn't it uh, that's why i'm trying to figure out why they'd be so mean to bart and like it that's the only reason I can think of. It's like they are trying to teach him a lesson. No, I think they just want you to be sympathetic toward him. Or, yes. I, 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 we'll get to it, but I think the tonality of that entire scene is pretty insane, and it goes for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's just an easy way to turn it, and it can start in the opening here where Bart could care less about Homer, and Marge can even give him like a part of the all type speech to him of just like, you've got it pretty good here, mister. You are... Maybe that's a little too so obvious. So he's being a he's being a big old prankster in the first couple scenes. In other yeah, words, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this isn't even a prank. Like this is they. But in the next scene, he is totally doing a prank. Yeah, I guess when you think of like we watch this now, we think of how Agnes Skinner is currently, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, she deserves to be exploded. But <laughs> in this episode, it's like, no, he hurt that old woman, that poor old lady. Yeah. Poor old lady. Oh, also, like uh, a weird shot. I love like squiggly line face of Homer when he's t- talking to Maggie. Like, oh, Maggie, my <laughs> poor back. Though also. Homer should not be left alone in the home with Maggie. It is Maggie. The baby's just walking free while Marge and Lisa are not Seems there. Seems like a problem, yeah. I mean, we've established that both Marge and Homer are kind of bad parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Irresponsible, I should say. I also wonder where Marge and Lisa are coming back from in that shot, too. They've got but... beats. <laughs> I was expecting a we got beats kind of thing. <laughs> and I also like where Marge tells Homer to start, or tells Bart to start cleaning up. When she pops into the room, her hair is real springy on the doorway. That's funny. always fun to see that. Yeah. And yes, uh, Bart must like me just throws things into the closet when it's time to tidy up it's like yeah there it's out of the way no just, no problem i just want to say like the first two scenes feel like much more classic simpsons and i imagine that one of the people that you were describing like one of the four people probably wrote those scenes and then dramatic tonal shift <laughs> in the next like whole bit and it yeah. feels like somebody wrote those entire scenes it reminds me of like star trek 4 where they're like okay all of the comic scenes and start in san francisco that's 
Nick Meyer, mm. and everything in space that's somebody else. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, those do feel very different. Well, that's also, in Star Trek V, man, the turns from like, there's the weirdest, if we're talking about tonal shifts in Star Trek films. <laughs> in Star Trek V. We are now. <laughs> we're in my territory now. In Star Trek V, the bit where Scotty takes a comical, like, oh. smashing his head into a, a girder and falls down. But then, and then, like, right after that, like, oh my God, Scotty's unconscious. We They try to play it as a dramatic bit. I'm like, but no, you just did a, like a, car, a Charlie Chaplin style pratfall. And then Uhura's hitting on him or something. Uh, oh, yeah, she did that too. She also does the Dance of the Seven Veils as well. Yeah. yeah. That was a movie. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah. The, the, is that the worst Star Trek? No, Star Trek Into Darkness was the worst one. Okay, come on. Please you look don't... forward to our What a Cartoon about Star Trek Into Darkness about why it's the worst Star Trek by far. Is that a cartoon? No, it's not. Okay. I, mean, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch CG. is kind of a cartoon. Yeah. You'd never expect it. My name is Khan. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Jeez. Yeah. Everyone knew it the second <laughs> he was cast in that movie. There was an audible groan when he said that, by the yep. way. We all were like, oh, they just lied. The whole, when everybody guessed it was Khan, and J.J. Abrams was like, no, no, it's no, not. No, 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 it's not Khan. And then once he says it, you're just like, oh, so you just lied. And, uh, uh, and that's why he got to do good Star Wars movies. Uh, All those wonderful Star Wars films. Hey, sorry. Back, okay. back, that this, was not a that was not a yawn for effect. <laughs> this, this it's is, a later recording. This is the danger of having Cat and me on uh, <laughs> a podcast together. Sorry. Hey, Bart has a cigar box too. That uh, that feels very dated as Every, well. I had one to put stuff in. I think I was just given one. I got one like in my teens. I had a couple, and I didn't keep stuff in it because that's when my dad, my father, became a cigar aficionado uh, in my teen years. I still think it's, is. I think cigar boxes were the kind of thing that could be just floating around on say your grandparents house sure sure and you just end up having it in your possession not even knowing how and they're a nice sturdy place to put you know fireworks and uh baseball cards the exactly i can't you know i feel like a season later they would have said bart can't have a cherry bomb like this mm. this feels like a standards and practices thing they would not allow there are kids with cherry bombs in the 80s right oh for sure but it's like this here you're showing kids that your hero bart can blow things up oh, with an explosive. This is very imitatable. Much, I mean, I think this like prank was like an antiquated prank too of the time, but also now we're like in the world of zero tolerance. Like mm-hmm. Bart would be in jail, like in oh, child yeah. jail. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for what he does to Agnes, Skinner should call the police on him. And yeah, put him in but the when he's like going, I think we're way beyond incorrigible. And I'm like, yeah. is he going to call the cops on him? Because he, he probably should, should press charges. Uh, and those cherry bombs would appear in a lot of Simpsons merch and games as well. I mean, especially. Bart versus space because oh, yeah. it's an item in that. They're like, oh, what does Bart do? Throw cherry bombs. All right. <laughs> Eats cupcakes, throws cherry bombs. That's <laughs> actually Adil is uh one of the like bosses in uh Space oh, really? Beans. Oh, or he appears or something. No, I think he's a boss. Yeah. Man, I I tell we're gonna have to give that a play at some point, I think. Do you do you need to give it a play? Mm, maybe if we're on somebody else's podcast about bad video mm, games. Oh. Could happen. Or perhaps could. at another live show. Yeah. I don't know. But yes, we head to the school with Bart and his cherry bomb, and that's where we get to meet for the first time a certain lamb of God. People, people, no roughhousing on the monkey bars. You there. Duck in your shirt. Watch it. I saw that. You certainly have done awfully well for yourself, Spanky. (laughs) Mother, please don't call me Spanky on school grounds. Wow, a cherry bomb. What are you going to do with it, Bart? Watch out, Bart. It's Skinner. Uh Uh-oh. Good morning, Mr. Skinner. Morning, boys. Why haven't you introduced me to any of your students, Spanky? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well? All right, Mother, I would like you to meet Milhouse, Lewis, Richard, and Bart Simpson. This is the Bart Simpson you're always talking about? Mm-hmm. But he looks so sweet. I am, ma'am. Simpson, <laughs> let's move on now, Mother, shall we? Bye, Spanky. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> spanky. Yeah, that, uh, as I recall in the comics or in the uh, cards, they kept that Spanky thing going a bit longer. They thought it was funny. Like, there was a, I think they had a joke about, like, he starred in comic books as a kid called Lil Spanky. Hmm. Uh, but now, as we all know, Spanky was not his nickname. It was uh, the real Seymour Skinner's nickname oh, in childhood. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he's just accepting that Spanky being handed to him. <laughs> just another of the pains put on him by Agnes. I, and Agnes is way different here, and she wouldn't be used again until they were like, uh, let's make a psycho reference. And that, oh, yeah. and that defined her. Like, that relationship defined them from that point onwards. Like, yeah. making one psycho joke was just like, okay, now she's a horrible force in his life. Remember? that a uh, terrifying scene they cut from uh, the B Sharps episode. Does it does it imply like he lives in the Bates mansion? Yeah, yeah like, Bates and, Hotel. Sorry, hotel. And, and she is just like cackling at him and telling him like, uh, "Now you didn't, uh, you kept your promise." He's like, "That's right, I didn't, uh, I didn't have any sex on tour." She's like, "Good." <laughs> and she <laughs> was voiced weird. by Dan Castellaneta. I assume she would have been voiced by Tress if they had kept that scene in. But I'm glad that Skinner canonically does not live in the Bates Motel. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, they they the closest they inched towards that in scenes that were kept in the show was him talking out the window. That the Corey suit doesn't Hot fit anymore, mother. <laughs> uh, we should go. I think the commentators uh, in the commentary they joke that it was the cherry bomb that broke her brain and turned her into mm. the horrible woman she became. It's her like origin story. Yes, I, I mean honestly, she got like a super colonic there. Like yeah. she's she's messed up downstairs from now on. I, I I mean honestly, what well Bart does to her is criminal. <laughs> Like she's uh, rocketed into the sky, <laughs> so maybe that's also what turned her also on Bart. She's like, oh, but he seems so sweet. But also the scene, the scene of them all hiding the bomb from him—that feels like a Hogan's Heroes scene to me. Mm, no, like, you're right about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with Bart as as Hogan, of course. Uh, but yeah, Bart drops the cherry bomb down the commode, and we get quite an explosion. So you're gonna flush it? What can I say? I got a weakness for the classics. I think I need to make a stop at the little girl's room. <laughs> okay, mother. Yeah, this way. <laughs> so long, sucker. Now, hold it right there, you little... Mother? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Also, I feel I feel bad for Agnes just having to use a child sized toilet too. Like mm. I, I child sized <laughs> all the all the toilets in my school were just like, well, a teacher can poop in this too. So really? yeah, I, I remember them being lower to the ground when I was mm. a kid. I and they or it's especially the urinals were like lower to the ground as I as I recall. Let's uh, go to a children's school yeah. to investigate. <laughs> They're all closed, Henry. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a ghost town. We can pee in every toilet <laughs> if we want. Uh, so then we come back to uh, to home. Homer's on the couch. He's uh, Homer's not. It's not very funny that Homer rings a bell and shouts Marge. It's just annoying. It just shows he's an annoying asshole. At the end of the scene, we find out his uh, back is fine. Yeah, he's been faking it the whole yeah. time. Yeah, I Homer gaslighting Marge again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I guess that that bell is kind of his gaslight. I suppose. I I I also though I got a little chuckle that Homer's 
tastes are so childlike that he mm. wants a squish down. He could have anything. He could eat ice cream. He's he's a grown up. He can eat anything he wants. But he he wants a fruit cocktail cl- cup with extra syrup. He wants a squish down crunchy uh, grilled cheese sandwich. Like he wants. Uh, wieners specifically out of a can like all the wieners yeah all the least fancy things it's it's funny how he's uh how childish childish he is the doorbell rings and homer is like screaming louder than the doorbell again it's just annoying we get a nice uh classic gib sting when we uh see skinner through the eye hole he does that i mean like they replace him Uh, we we trash him a lot but man that sting is like his trademark just like overplay everything the yeah. Season one uh, drinking challenge is every time you guys take a, a, a shot at this guy, uh, <laughs> just take a shot. Those music stings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and though I do like the draw, the drawing of Skinner and the people is a it's fun very well done. Yeah. He looks like the brain from Animaniacs, honestly. I think you're right about that. <laughs> and a cl- like it's very, it happens very fast, but like it's implied that he was dragging Bart there by his ear the entire time. Like oh, a very yeah. classic, like 50s, 60s monkey shines yeah. kind Dennis of. Dennis the Menace, uh, yeah. like you said. George Meyer references the length of these, this scene being very atypical. I timed it two and a half minutes Ooh. of conversation. Just here. to get Bart to France. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <then> Bart <laughs> could have not been abused in France for like a minute if they had yeah. just, you know, gotten to the chase. It's, uh, God, it's it's crazy how long it goes. Like, they would never be this wasteful with time or they'd, they'd want to speed up all these things. Like, there's a, a comparative scene is in when Bart is going to get shipped off to the boarding school that Lisa also wants to go to the military academy and like that conversation is like a minute and most of that is them screaming over um echoes going through the city that's right <laughs> but that this, scene in the very boring episode that i was also on yes oh yeah yeah this see this is one it's not about sports or girls it's uh, <laughs> i mean it was a lisa episode no, no, I mean this one oh, is true. not about sports or girls. It's a rare non-sports girl appearance. <laughs> sports girl appearance. Uh, but uh, but yes, Skinner arrives and he has some bad news. Homer, Principal Skinner's here. Oh, hello, Principal Skinner. I'd get up with a boy crippled me. Mm-hmm. I understand completely. <laughs> the disturbing incident I was referring to happened this morning when your son flushed an explosive device down the boy's lavatory. <laughs> That old game. Unfortunately, at the same moment, my mother was in the girls' lavatory making use of the facilities. Oh, dear. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, we have transcended incorrigible. I don't think suspension or expulsion will do the trick. I think it behooves us all to consider deportation. Deportation? You mean kick Bart out of the country? Hear him out, Mark. (laughs) Well, perhaps I was being a tad glib. Let me explain. Our elementary school participates in a foreign exchange program. Now, normally a student is selected on the basis of academic excellence or intelligence. But in Bart's case, I'm prepared to make a big exception. So he's really gifting Bart for crippling his mother, like doing that horrible thing to Agnes in a way. I think Skinner is in on this, and I always have. You you think he's with the Chateau Maison guys? I think he knows like what Bart is in for if he sends him away. Yeah, you know. I'm sure that he signed up for this extremely shady program because it was free, and why not? It's true, it's free. Yeah, because most so the exchange programs I've participated in or. I've been aware of cost money. Yeah, you got to pay yeah. your own way. It's not free. Well, so the seat, the season one Skinner. I think would actually be in league with these guys and probably getting a, a kickback. I like to think of the you know the innocent Bill and Oak, Bill and Josh. 
Skinner is a sweeter Skinner who just fell for the same lie those guys gave to Bart of just no we're it's a wine cellar it's great here you go so how did this whole scheme come together because those guys seemed a little should I say short-sighted because Mm. I mean okay Bart's done after three months how does he come back and how do they not end up getting arrested by the police? I would assume they just think no one believes children and they'll they'll get away with it. And in 1990, if a kid says, I was treated this horribly, they, I think a lot of people yeah. didn't listen. Then. You think I, so? I guess there should be a lengthy trial in France mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> where Bart is the key witness. <laughs> I guess that happened for like the other month of the three months he was gone, I mm. suppose. Uh, no, I... Uh, perhaps this more sinister Skinner is in on it to a degree, but, uh, yeah, I guess that takes away some of the, the gift of this, of him to get rid of Bart. I could just see like Skinner being approached by a representative from these two creeps and Mm -hmm. then like telling him about this, this whole thing. He'd be like, you know, mother doesn't allow me to have wine, but I heard it's delicious or some, (laughs) some joke about him being a loser. Like that would be the future Skinner, you know, thing with this scene. I think. They they really only define Skinner as that starting with like Bart the murderer where he's mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the lick how many envelopes in an hour and see if he can break that record. I assume neither of you have ever participated in a exchange program. No, nope, nope. It's I, a, I didn't travel internationally until I was thirty three. Fair enough. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty privileged thing I want to say, but um, I did not get to go in college because I was broke. But mm. my partner got to go. She went to Japan for the summer and it was a great time. She studied over there. And she got to stay with somebody who were not a couple of criminals that were forcing her to make wine. Well, that's nice. She stayed with a very nice uh, Japanese housewife uh, who had a family and everything and Mm. was kind of a surrogate mother to her and showed her all of the wonderful kind of cultural things in Japan. Was a cultural ambassador, as it were. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah. uh, No, uh, our previous guest on that Tokyo episode of The Talking Simpsons was Maddie. She had just come back from doing an exchange student program Mm -hmm. in uh, a college-age one, yeah. And she just uh, made it back into the jet program or into the jet program rather yes. so congrats to maddie yeah. oh, four weeks later good for her yeah. that's wonderful the jet program rules apparently yeah. it's super super hard to get into these oh it days. is it's i didn't get into exclusive. it i've I, known many friends who did not get in yeah <laughs> i was in the aikawa system which is basically the mcdonald's of english teaching schools huh. so <laughs> i met a few exchange students like in high school and junior high i do mm. remember a couple there and in junior high there was a japanese exchange student she was cool i she was staying with my uh gifted history teacher mm-hmm. and her and her uh, husband and uh, they were teaching her and i she told a funny story that like on the last day the exchange student was there she was like you you helped me learn all this english but you didn't teach me swears come on teach me <laughs> swears before i go we had a german exchange pro student in our high school and i feel like she was getting the short end of the stick coming to suburban minnesota and and actually pretty bad high school <laughs> Yeah, huh? yeah. I well, in my Florida high school, we had I think they were Austrian. This uh, this pair of Austrian girls who were there for a couple weeks, and uh, I remember we all giggled that they called uh, what we call nightclubs discos when they said like, "Oh, we all go to the disco." We're like, "You're dumb and not from America." Ugh. Did you ask them if they know Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> I'd ask them if they'd seen the uh, uncut version of the Robbie Williams music video where he strips off his uh, skin. <laughs> hmm. and they had. They had oh well there you go yeah. <laughs> it's like so you got to see his dick wow <laughs> <laughs> only in austria <laughs> uh the posing on this scene too is like it's kind of boring
boring and like Marge uh, just like she has really uh, odd posing when she goes, Oh dear. Like yeah. she just looks <laughs> weird. And then there's also weird front facing skinner where his hair normally a front facing skinner, his hair sticks to the going to the left. But in this time, it goes to his right. And he, I think that was the rule in the early days when he was supposed to have a toupee. I think that was like, it's supposed to look unnatural because it's a clearly a rug on his head, which uh, I showed you guys the classic Simpsons comics number two right mm. before we recorded. In which it was confirmed that it, it was a toupee. They were allowed yes. to make that joke in the comics. In, in yeah. a 1994 comic, they could make the joke that Skinner glues a toupee to his head and no, everybody, everybody thinks it's a toupee and then when it isn't ripped off, thanks to all the glue, Bart has to have been like, oh, it's not a rug. Wow. I just like that they got really self-conscious about this joke that they had kind of written in. They're like, it's actually a really stupid joke. <laughs> Let's just kind of forget that ever happened. Yeah. I mean, like a goofy movie does that joke. Like that's the level it's written on. And that's a perfect film. But I mean, that's it's it's a... It's a boner comedy it's a joke. Super, yeah. super lowbrow in a non creative yeah. way. I was going to say, I just listened to your Goof Troop episode. I thought Goofy Movie was good. No, we love, we love Goofy, Goofy Movie. movie. Okay. Oh, we're pro Goofy Movie. Yeah. I'm just saying. Have you heard our three hour Goofy <laughs> Movie podcast? I have not. Okay, well, it's all there. I, I'm. What I mean to say is that Goofy Movie is written as a kid's, you know, hijinks fest. It's on that level. Simpsons doesn't write on that level. So having the, the gag of the principal losing his toupee just feels a little too easy I for I mean, the what Simpsons. movie is on the level of Goofy Movie? <laughs> mm. Hard to say. Uh, but double indemnity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Bart uh, gets sold on the France trip. Uh, as they are talking about it too, I like that Homer gets defensive. Like, wait, how are we know that you're not? We're gonna get scammed by another principal. And uh, the whole thing won't cost you a dime as long as you're willing to take in a student of your own. Wait a minute, Skinner. How do we know some principal over in France isn't pulling the same scam you are? <laughs> well, for one thing, you wouldn't be getting a French boy. You would be getting an Albanian. You mean all white with pink eyes? No, 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 no. A, a student from Albania. It's a country on the Adriatic Sea. Well, going to France sounds like a fantastic opportunity. <laughs> but I think Bart should have a say in this. <sighs> the life of a frog. That's the life for me. Bart, how would you like to spend the next three months living in France? France? Wow! He makes me crazy 12 months a year. At least you get the summer off. Mm-hmm. And I get to take a plane there, wouldn't I, Mom? Yes, Bart. Wow. In one bath? Mm-hmm. Wow, a plane. Well, Bart seems very enthusiastic about the idea. Yes! Yes! Loud. <laughs> hey, uh, I was excited about plane travel as a kid. I know, I know. I was, I didn't. I think was a I'd very ever... privileged child. Yeah, so. Kat, we're, we're learning this with all of your extravagant <laughs> trips to France. <laughs> but I, I didn't think I'd ever get on a plane as a kid. Yeah. I, I think I rode a plane for the first time when I was like eighteen. I wow. was on Twitter going. Oh, what were we doing 20 years ago? Oh, I was wondering if I should go to France for a band trip because I didn't want to give up my spring break. And you were like, Jesus Christ, Cat. I was just like, if, if the uh, right person wins we're, uh, the presidency, we're taking Cat's money. <laughs> uh, no, my, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I flew a couple times before I was 10 on, on trips. Not a ton, but really? yeah, my family went on some trips. Man, I, I, I was I, flying from a very young age. You got some little rich kids here, huh? Well, I right. guess. Yeah. Okay, hey, this, this is uh, racism towards. Who's, who's middle, a comrade in this class. room? <laughs> I'm wearing my Not Me Us shirt. <laughs> well, I'm a class trait. 
later. Okay. It's true. You turn on the right class. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the the interactions between Homer and Skinner are some of the funniest stuff in this episode. Like how they they kind of understand each other, but they also are both like, "Well, I want to get rid of Bart." No, he's your problem. He's your problem. The like, yes and the high five was awkward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, I kind of like the movements Skinner. on it. It's not a Skinner thing. Skinner would uh, be too square to ever do a high five. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the main crux of the joke is just the very obvious thing of like, oh, Homer is faking it the whole time. But when they're it's, saying yeah. that it's a scam to get out, uh, a lot of the times. So again, when my partner went on her exchange trip to France, oh mm-hmm. boy, it was actually kind of a scam. We're taking uh, her money oh, too, oh, Kat. really? Yeah, because it was just an excuse for the guy who was organizing it to take regular trips to France. Ah, pretty good, man. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, yeah, the, I, I like how Homer is so defensive. Like, hey, we're just gonna get another bad kid, but from France instead. Though once he hears in Albanian, Homer just kind of gives up on like, well, then whatever that kid is, I'll take him in. Sure, I'll have some stranger. And uh, I don't think me and you, Bob, have learned any more about Albania than we knew the last time we. Did. No. No, uh, J- John Belushi. That's is the Albanian. only reason they did the Albanian thing. Yeah. Is has it, uh, the Belushi, the Belushis are uh, Al- of Albanian ancestry. It's yes. appeared in other media, right? Like whenever it gets mentioned, it's usually as like, well, that's kind of a weird, funny country. It's pretty rare to hear about it. It's a, it was a Mediterranean former communist country that, like, when the Soviet bloc fell, they kind of went with it. So he's he is a communist spy in this, though. Uh, by by 1991, like they wouldn't really be communist anymore, though they they still have a pretty communist background. I and also, um, you know, back then apparently they it was very restrictive who could leave Albania mm. and who. Could, yes, uh, very even travel overseas. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's also why they picked it, just because like you never hear about Albanian exchange students or Albanians walking around uh, America. Perhaps I was reading about it and I saw some pictures of it, and the Albanian Alps looked pretty, like quite pretty. Mm. But it was like here's a picture of an Albanian bunker. There are thousands of these spread throughout, and I'm like, why are there so many bunkers and uh, I never explained it. They're making more Belushi's for the future of comedy. <laughs> toga, uh, Jim, toga. Exactly. 2000. 2020. I've seen, uh, you know, the stats on, uh, you know, men like Jim and their diets and, you know, heart problems. So uh, we need a new Belush. <laughs> we need, we got a Belush. Where is the third generation of Belushes? Does, does Jim Belushi have children? Hmm, I Should they be so. trained in the art of comedy? <laughs> I, kn- I know he had fictional children in the world according to Jim, but uh, or sorry, just according to Jim. I'm making up an extra name for that. That was the John Irving novel it was based on. <laughs> uh, let's, let me Google this here. Jim Belushi. Three children, including Robert Belushi, an American actor who's Best known for his work in Sorority Row, One Small Hitch, and Valentine's Day. Mm. And uh, he was Alan the Buddy on Spike TV's The Joe Schmo Show. And also Linus the Bartender in the final season of How I Met Your Mother. So, Robert Belush, that is the Belush of our Belushi. Future of comedy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he should be leading the way for all, <laughs> all the best uh, frat jokes there are. So it's definitely a joke, though. The bard's like, the life of a frog, that's life for me. And then he's instantly invited oh, would you like to, to go to France. France. Yeah. yeah, Not a great joke, I'm no. just saying. That, that counts as a joke. 
We're just getting to France, and that's my least favorite part of this whole episode. <laughs> and uh, yes, Marge, when you think back on this, how worried Marge is, she's worried before he goes and is not worried for an entire three months that she never hears from Bart the entire time, which uh, the Bar- Marge not looking too great in this episode. You must be having a good time, Bart. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I guess she's it's it's the same level of naivete that she showed in Call of the Simpsons. Oh, yeah, I guess it's characteristic of uh, yeah. her personality. Maggie's been missing for three days. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Your yeah. father is very smart. <laughs> uh, but yes, Bart is heading off to France, and they show him off at the airport in this next clip. Goodbye, my special, my special little guy. You will write us, won't you? All the time. What do you know about France? I know I'm going, and you're not. I'm going to miss you, son. Mm-hmm. And listen, while you're seeing all those great sights, Always remember that you're representing your country. I guess what I'm saying is, don't mess up France the way you messed up your room. Okay, Dad. Is one of you going to be on the charter flight? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, come along. Bye, Charter flight? What? The best part of it is him being thrown onto the plane. It's mm. ridiculous how yeah. hard he's thrown. Uh, yeah, and I, well, I love the comedy. It's more clear at the end of the episode. But that there's a direct Springfield to Paris flight, like once oh, a day yeah. at the Springfield airport. <laughs> like that you can, that it's that busy of an airport that they'd have fl- international flights that often. I mean, they have flights from all over the country, apparently. Yeah, yeah. As uh, they have a direct New York to Springfield flight, and also New Delhi, they have a direct New. <laughs> hey, I'm landing here. <laughs> uh, I I also do like. There's a little bit where they show that Lisa's jealous. They kind of just completely let that go after that one line. But Lisa should be jealous. This should be her getting to go on this kind of trip. Bart, b- through terrible action, gets to take the good student exchange program from as far, at least as far as Lisa knows. And uh, yeah, Homer's like, don't mess up France the way you mess up your room. And I don't know. I feel like that kind of is too clever for Homer. Marge should say it instead of just being like, I'm a sad mom. Goodbye. I think the scene is kind of useless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, show Bart having fun on the plane. Do we need to say it's like it's like the driving or parking scene of this show. Just like we don't need to see them get to the airport and get on the plane. Just like show Bart on the plane. Yeah, they're t- learning. They're learning. Taking advantage of what he can on this free international flight, or mm. also how scary it could be for a ten-year-old to fly by himself to France. That that also sounds illegal. Like that Skinner should have, someone should have questioned this. That Bart has no escort to fly to a foreign country by himself. Yeah, that's actually pretty intense for a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> the tossing of Bart onto the plane feels so cartoony and silly. That I wondered if that was a leftover from the Milton Gray mm. one. Then uh, I. See Wes Archer doing that choice yeah. too. Yeah, it, it might be in the script, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's thrown on like a piece of luggage, <laughs> and, essentially. Uh, and then they go to the Albanian family, and uh, they are apparently speaking real Albanian there, but only in the scene. Yes, yeah. I uh, pro- no, I bet in the um, radio scene, I think he's speaking real. I read in the later scene, it's not real. It's just oh, really? gibberish, but uh, it is real in this one. Bullshit. Yeah. that sucks. That's according to some wikis. Okay, I well, couldn't find a translation of the uh, of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I do like that it is a mirror of the previous scene. That so at least through context, you can guess what's happening. 
You know, you can be like, uh, I guess they're saying the things they just said to Bard, except in Albanian. And like the soldier looking guy that's by the stairs of the plane looks like a buff Mo. Oh. And we uh, see him get the photo of Homer later. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's he looks Mo's, like a buff Mo. It's Mo's giant older brother. They're both gorilla men. Mo is more of a malnourished it's more of a gorilla. monkey man. <laughs> I want my monkey man. <laughs> yeah, the Albanian, they, uh, it's... George Meyer uh, credits Sam Simon on the commentary for insisting they get the uh, the real Albanian there. Uh, but yes, Bart arrives in France. Whoa! Hey, man, it's me, Bart Simpson. Okay, kid, let's go. Hey! Little baby, we? Birds in the trees seem to La, 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 la. How much longer, sir? This is where we're going, right? Chateau, ma son. Ah, uh, Maurice, dès que le garçon américain arrive, tes jeux d'esclavage sont finis. Okay, so Bart rides through four paintings. I'm not going to list them because they're oh. just very hard to say. <laughs> oh, I've got them. I've got them too. Okay. I mean, uh, if I said it out loud, would you know what I was talking about? Oh, I have the translation. Oh, of course, it's Déjeuner Sailor <laughs> by uh, Edouard Manet. I've seen that all the time. I see it in my dreams. I have Van Gogh and Monet paintings, basically. Yeah. Well, the, it's, you know, uh, Water Lilies by Claude Monet. Rousseau. Yeah, Rousseau. Are they have references the to paintings in the Louvre? Is that the thing? Well, I mean, they're just famous French impressionists, I think. Okay. Okay. Just in general, French paintings. Yeah, I was just shocked to see nudeness on. Uh, I think as that, a kid. that caught my eye as a child. Like, wow, they can do this. <laughs> I think they well, got it's art. Her. It's art. Yes. yes. Oh, but just yeah. seeing like Bart react to a naked woman, I was as a seven year old. <laughs> it was just like, what's happening on my television? Uh, I think they got away with it the same way Monty Python got away with it. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's classic art. Those are those are artistic breasts. But I found this episode distressing as a child. I wasn't like crying <laughs> or like you know clutching a pillow. I was like. This makes me feel like sick, like sick mm. and like anxious because it's just like from here on, it's a bunch of jokes of Bart being abused. Uh, sorry, a bunch of scenes of B- uh, Bart being abused, but with no jokes. It's like there's no heightening of the abuse. There's no take a funny take on child abuse. <laughs> it's just like, make me that water. Stop these grapes. Pick the grapes. It's just like. And then Bart is sad, and then he cries a little bit. Yeah, you're right. There's no, there's no silliness to the abuse. There's no like extra level to it of, uh, say, cleaning a horse's ass with a uh, or a statue of a horse's ass with a <laughs> toothbrush, or, or being uh, industrial chimney sweep for a day, yeah, like Homer. Yeah, those those things are at least silly. These these are just how a child would be abused by uh, evil wine owners. Like, the yeah. word I'm looking for is harrowing. It is yeah. actually weirdly intense. I guess, I mean, from what you said of that uh, tragic uh, story from the French original, I guess they're sticking to the feel of that and the sadness of that. But It kind of reminds yeah. me of Taken, where mm. kids go into France and get taken advantage of by not unscrupulous locals. Ah, Homer should rescue Bart from France. <laughs> uh, he should give a call to... The thing Uglin. is, I hate the movie Taken. I mean, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong, but I find that it has kind of a xenophobic attitude. Well, let's just know that every country is full of murderous kidnappers. Because as soon as she's like, I'm going to go to France, he's like, France! 
What are you doing going uh, to France alone? What are you doing? Only dads can yeah. save us from and other yeah. countries. Your strong dad can save your Christian virtue from the hordes of the world. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but like, great uh, action film. Most but... action films are fascist. So yeah. it's just, it's something you accept with watching them, you know? Uh, well, also, though, that song Bart is singing is a, uh, I, I looked that one up. Oh, okay. Uh, Maurice Chevalier's Louise is the song, uh, first sung in 1929. And uh, quite feel, precocious, this Bart. Bart should not know this song. Like it, I looked at the references on Wikipedia of when they would have referenced it at any in other stuff. Maybe Bart watched the "I Love Lucy" episode where they sing it in the Marie Chevalier mm, style. Could maybe, be. but uh, but here's the original version of Louise. Every little breeze seems to whisper Louise. Birds in the trees seem to twitter Louise. Each little room tells me it knows I love you. That's a famous Frenchman, Marie Chevalier. Probably the, uh, we'd only know him from Looney Tunes caricatures of him, yeah. I would bet. I must say this Louise sounds quite fetching. <laughs> the birds in the trees are whistling for her. I mean, that's pro-bird right there. Yeah. She, that's got you, Bob. Well, the birds are pro-Louise. <laughs> uh, Send pics. Uh, also, Chateau Maison, that's House House. I like it. Well. Yeah. It's like Maison Ikoku, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Same joke. I love Maison Ikoku. What a great anime someday on the what a cartoon we'll do that one. Oh boy and that'll that'll be a great day you cannot watch it anywhere except uh on youtube for free like <laughs> it's not available How convenient in the u.s yeah uh but also there's some wild bart drawings in this one i mean they're more on model than they were in the first few episodes but like if you pause it as bart in the sidecar rides up like oh he, yeah he looks wacky in that like but i mean in a moving shot like that i can see it's a little harder to keep bart on uh when they're asked model. to recreate these paintings oh, that too, on the yeah. tv budget oh my god how the detail of the wheat fields yeah uh, one the van gogh one like oh, come on that's uh i i definitely feel for all the artists at acom who had to <laughs> put that together and uh yeah also they, they mentioned on the commentary that ugolin's nose is the droopiest nose they ever drew in the show on a character it's uh it's just too crazy uh but yes as as bard is getting acquainted uh they simpsons meet the albanian you know in albania the unit of currency is called the lek <laughs> you gotta be kidding and the national flag is a two-headed eagle on a red field. Give me the old stars and stripes. And the main export is furious political thought. Political what? Canadian Airlines. <laughs> Flight number two to Toronto Springfield is now arriving. Welcome to your new home. Escape is impossible. My name is César. This is my nephew, Hugolin. You may find life here at the Chateau Hard. But if you shut up and do exactly what we say, the time will pass more quickly. He's right, you know. Well, okay, sir. A deal? Mother? Well, I guess for the next few months, yes, I will be your mother. And this must be Lisa and Maggie. And you must be my new father, Homer. Affectionate little Albanian, isn't he? 
our little Albanian Uter. <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned Uter right before we started recording, Cat, and I, for some reason, I didn't think of Uter once in this episode, even though he is the most famous exchange student in in, in American history. I'll say, introduced, a little round kid. Yeah, and introduced in a, a Treehouse of Horror episode. Yeah, yeah, Das is good. Yes, yeah. The I I love Lisa reading this just innocuous facts about Albania to him and Homer just in the most like xenophobic way like the lack that's not what makes the lack of less legitimate word than a dollar to explain currency you know and same with same with the flag and then homer's never had a political thought in his life so the idea of a furious political thought is just nothing like as homer says voting is fruity Mm -hmm. man they're shoving in jokes whenever they can of like they just pause on a chateau maison sign and and say escape is impossible and that's from the prisoner right the tv show like i think you'll find escape is impossible that's right uh but it goes so fast it's barely uh you can barely even catch it i i also wonder is it normal in albania to greet someone by kissing them on the cheeks or is he just supposed to Hmm. come off as like kind of just generally Hmm. foreign might be a mediterranean thing yeah, hmm. if I could see that. I, though also it could just be Homer try, or Adil already trying to get Homer ready. Or like, I think he's buttering up the family yeah, by yeah. being the most precious little boy. So did he know that he was going to the family of a nuclear technician? Like, did they mm. think, did he know, uh, get, get placed there to spy on it? Or was it just a lucky coincidence? Skinner is working with the Albanian government. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's playing every part of this here. <laughs> wow, he was the mastermind behind it all, all along he was the the villain bart should fight i mean bart does fight him in uh the space mutants game so he's playing three-dimensional chess four-dimensional chess (laughs) he's not a boss in the game i looked it up but he does throw cherry bombs at you oh okay yeah (laughs) well the shoe store in the mall right Uh, it's in like the crusty land uh Ah, level not the arcade uh, game crusty land but the nes one that's a way better crusty land if you just try to think about the mechanics of the episode it completely falls apart so it's best that you don't (laughs) well we have to that's what we gotta do (laughs) people pay us uh well well, then again, talk about the sadness of Bart in this episode. Like he gets freaking robbed. Like we just watch mm-hmm. him. There's yeah. not a joke to it. I guess the joke is they put a hat on a donkey, but mm. they his lucky red hat. <laughs> but it's also just like just uh, showing him no respect. Yeah, they're just like, oh hey, look, we're rich. I took these are my cameras now. And seemingly, since his clothes just get more and more tattered as the episode goes on, they just steal all his clothes too. Like and they don't wash them. I, I think it speaks to a fear of going to another country and having all of your stuff taken and being. Being in the middle of nowhere with like no particular way to get home it's actually fairly scary yeah <laughs> and yeah. has been a has been a real fear of mine in the past when i've actually traveled mm. so maybe it's why i found this entire sequence a little more visceral <laughs> than it's not why i intended it's not why i watched the simpsons though even yeah. back then when it was still figuring itself out like maybe it is a, a series of uh, seeds of child abuse who knows <laughs> where the series could go every episode is just bart is tortured in some other way by some like... new foreign adults <laughs> well it seems like they had this idea for the episode was like okay Bart goes to France and he's being taken advantage of by these guys but they didn't once they actually wrote the script they didn't really know how what to do with it like okay How I do mean, we make this funny? The characters aren't even funny. They're no. they're, just, no. they're just mean. There's nothing funny about them. I mean, they're funny drawings, mm-hmm. but just like there's no like hook to them or gimmick to <laughs> them or no like interesting take on like this kind of a criminal. It's just like, no, they're mean criminals who abuse Bart and that's it. Yeah, they're, I, I feel like later Simpsons would have heightened them considerably and leaned way more into the French stereotype. Yeah. Like one of them would have been a mime or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, something silly. Well, I mean, they're late, their next appearance 
moments in the show, there are, they changed the channel from the Super Bowl to Jerry Lewis. Like that's that's a better joke with them. So they had like a two year sentence apparently <laughs> according to this timeline. Uh, but uh, they they do speak real French. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they they did put the effort into that, and I think. I I don't know if Harry Shearer Harry Shearer might speak France a uh, French I don't know I don't I will, I mean maybe Dan does too but they if they're just doing it phonetically then they do a good job they of that, are so. yeah this episode is the beginning of the Simpsons' long tradition of hating France yes <laughs> yeah the, the the group of people they defined as cheese eating surrender monkeys yes. as as a joke yeah that was not yeah. the show's perspective it's like this <laughs> insane character thinks this is about France right yeah yeah it was the the joke was that Willie hates the French. As a Scotsman, he hates the French. And so by teaching them French, it's really about him expressing his hatred for the French. I Can I just say that the French were one of the most ferocious and warlike nations for a very long time, for hundreds mm-hmm. upon hundreds of years. And they'll save our ass in World War III. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's the Brits. The Brits uh, are going to do that. They uh, almost conquered the world, damn it. Yeah, they had uh, they had a few of those. I, well, the Adele, I will say the Adele stuff, the Adele stuff, is, is actually funny. Like, well, you know, the, yeah. this episode was a lot of things, but I don't know if boring is the word that I would use to describe it. It just maybe wasn't loaded with jokes. The France stuff just does bore me. I just—it's it just not boring. It's bad. sad. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't want a sad episode. I mean, I just wish there was something clever to it. Just like Bart is abused mm. until he's not, mm-hmm. and then he goes home. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch it again because yeah. it's too sad. I mean, I was not looking forward to doing this one again. Uh, mm. Just the, the watching of it. I like talking about it. And I like making a super well, long. Thanks version. for giving this episode yeah. to me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Everyone should up their Patreon by one dollar because we're I suffering. Agree. Uh, but uh, I do like when Skinner introduces uh, a deal to the school. He even like he can't not editorialize and just like these backward like th- in this way and only this way can we hope to understand our backwards neighbors. There's this weird strain of patriotism through this entire episode where everybody is kind of taking their patriotism up an extra notch mm-hmm. while dealing in various circumstances like. Homer talking to Bart and be like, you know, you got to represent your country <laughs> and Lisa's argument with Albanian Uter later and all of that kind of thing. Though I think through the lines that Adil gets to say that they get away with saying some stuff that you wouldn't normally get to say about America <laughs> on true. 1990s television. Weird. <laughs> just like on the uh, right before the uh, Desert Storm, Desert Shield stuff. So yes. uh, there would be oh, a surge in patriotism. We would have been ramping up right around now. Yeah. 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 The, uh, and all the Bart shirts <laughs> were getting made. He's going to pee on Saddam. <laughs> He's going to pee on Iraq. <laughs> I do like how Adil also says, like, I've seen Americans are so trusting like (laughs) he's guilty from the second you see him but i also like you know no one would describe americans as a trusting people i i I would not in 1990 (laughs) and so then after that it's time for talking politics at the dinner table how can you defend a country where five percent of the people control 95 percent of the world i'm defending a country where people can think and act and worship any way they want cannot can too cannot can too please please kids stop fighting maybe lisa's right about america being the land of opportunity and maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers <laughs> your father is right we should not fight friends well okay well, now that that's settled, I'll just clear the dishes. No, no, Mrs. Simpson. You have been oppressed enough for today. I will clear the dishes. No. Oh, okay. Did you see that? 
You know, Marge, this is the way I've always wanted it to be. We've become a fully functioning family unit. We've always blamed ourselves. But I guess it's pretty clear which cylinder wasn't firing. Homer! Your paper-thin commitment to your children sends shivers down my spine. May I be excused? <laughs> Lisa! No, oh, she's just jealous. She'll get over it. And if she doesn't, we can always exchange her. <laughs> Homer! Just kidding. May I, may I be excused is almost Lisa's catchphrase. <laughs> She's disgusted. Uh, say, yeah, it's, it's, it's close to anything that's about leaving a scene angrily. That's kind of Lisa's catchphrase. Uh, but yes, him getting to say on 1990s television the, the real fact that then <laughs> 5% of the people controlled 95% of the well. Oh, I like, wish it was five now, yeah, right? Now yeah. it's like five guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 1% of the 1%. Homer's line about the machinery of capitalism being oiled by the blood of the workers actually got a loud guffaw out of me because it, <laughs> it kind of caught me off guard. I don't know why. Because it was so matter of fact mm-hmm. and a really descriptive and fairly visceral line. <laughs> I, I like that Homer is so susceptible that like he just likes a deal so much. He instantly is like, yeah, you know, communism has a lot of good points. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, let's just agree to disagree, which he is like as American as it gets Homer, who is, is the ugly American just like two minutes earlier. But now he's like, communism might have some good points if it gave us a deal. It's pretty good, which I guess, yes, this kind of argument was written at a time where the USSR was still a thing. And yeah. so within like weeks of collapsing, yeah. Berlin Wall had fallen by this time. I mean, yeah, I went down and I mean, Soviet Union collapsed in 91. But Yeah, yeah. So it's the the, the clock is ticking on it. But right. when they're referencing these communism, uh, Albania's communism versus U.S. style democracy, it uh, it was a more like the Cold War was still kind of going, though. It was basically it was over. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Berlin Wall was 90, right? 89. Yeah, 89. Damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. I know. I know why I know this, because um, of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, right. <laughs> they had they had on fake Gorbachev like the same like day or oh, week the God. Berlin Wall fell. Yeah. Oh, sorry. God. I was thinking something else. I apologize. Uh, Mario and, led me uh, in the right direction. I, I like, too, that Lisa is the one who's left to have to defend. She's like, well, we have freedoms that you don't have. And he's like, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> But Lisa also said that she really admired the stealth bomber pilot that bombed, like, all those mosques who was yeah, also named Lisa. That's Lisa true. Lisa is, like, doing Heritage Foundation talking points. Like, America <laughs> has uh, opportunity and choices. So she's basically oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton. She's, oh, no. she's a big hawk. <laughs> she's very hawk. Surprise! I mean, that was 90 liberalism. When she like, becomes a president, she's going to be drone striking all over the place. Yeah. If Lisa was president, I'd be having brunch right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that Lisa does have to just go back to the choice thing. I'm just like, and I like, they even have an answer to that freedom of choice thing in a later joke that I do enjoy. Mm. But, uh, also there's the bit of Bart, like basically training in a martial arts movie with all the water he's carrying behind the, uh, the Frenchman. But it's also not a joke. It's just no. like Bart has to carry water and it's heavy and it, it's, it's hurting his small child body and, <laughs> and they don't care. And, uh, according to, uh, the Wikipedia I read, uh, Alouette, uh, the da 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 that Ugalan is, is humming, that song is of French-Canadian origin, not French origin, and uh, it says that Ugalan would, uh, a man of his stature would not be singing that song. Yeah. It would not be something he remembers. Maybe, maybe that's the joke in the scene, that he's singing mm. like a children's song, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> actually, Nina told me that song's about plucking a chicken. Oh, really? Yeah. Ouch. Oh. Yeah. Man. 
That's that's uh, more cruel. I think it's after you kill it, you pluck the chicken. Oh, I yeah. see. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it's got to go, I guess. But uh, <laughs> damn, I hope there's no secret behind "Ring Around the Rosie," my favorite children's <laughs> song. Uh, the the pure innocence of that, I hope, is never destroyed. Or puff the magic dragon. Yeah, mm. only only about magical dragons there. So I also do like that Adil says to Marge, like, you've been oppressed enough. Like, that's a funny way to put it. Uh, Homer seems too clever to make that kind of metaphor that Bart was the uh, misfiring cylinder. But Lisa has a very realistic reaction of just like, you're attacking your own child? Like, I'm out of here. This is disgusting. I mean, Homer forgets about Maggie most of the time, or yeah. Lisa. Yeah, he pretty much doesn't know one of his daughters exists at any at any time. But, you know, in Homer's defense, he's had a lot of brain injuries after this episode. <laughs> it's so. true. As they're having dinner, it then cuts to Bart having dinner, which is he's eating a single turnip <laughs> as uh, Cesar and Ugolin are eating a pile of sausages. Mm-hmm. Like multiple sausages for dinner. It's a lot. Uh, Bart's just treated so awfully here. It's just sad. Like he you just can't has... even sleep in a pile of hay. <laughs> yeah. uh, the floor is good enough for you. And also, like the if you, I mean, the cruelty of saying like if you when you work like a man, you can eat like one, which is just like he did all the work all day. Like dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's there's not a joke to it. It's just mean. It's just mean. And uh, you got to feel that for like a third of the episode, and it's just a bummer. Tonight the composer once more yeah the, the very melancholy alouette as uh, as bart is uh, oh, laying yeah. down like mm. it's just so on the nose uh but i do like that it cuts to a, de- a deal going to sleep in uh, in bart's bed like they they at least are matching up these stories of like they're they're showing how they mirror each other how you know they rhyme like poetry yeah, it's just intercutting back and forth mm. the entire episode for the most part so yes as bart is being tortured a deal's plan truly begins do you think i could come visit you at the nuclear power plant you want to see where i work oh yes very much None of my biological kids ever wanted to see me at work. Then I can go? <laughs> well, I'll have to pull a few strings with the boys in security. But sure, you bet. Excellent. Now, watch me. You grab the grape between your thumb and forefinger and gently twist it off and drop it in the bucket. Now you do it. Very good. Now, do it a million times. <laughs> see these? American donuts. Glazed, powdered, and raspberry filled. Now, how's that for freedom of choice? <laughs> Dad, do you think I might see your plutonium isolation module? D- uh, maybe. Hold <laughs> on a second. Hey, Lenny, mm. does this place have one of those plutonium isolation deals? Yeah, over in Sector 12. Sector 12? Third floor, by the candy machines. Oh, that's Sector 12. <laughs> Come along, a deal. So we get the first uh, true excellent, although Burns said it before in Homer's Odyssey, like, excellent. Yes, though not with steepled fingers. And that was uh, taken from the SNL and Letterman writer, although he was on SNL for like 30 years, uh, Jim Downey. (laughs) Yeah. And you might recognize him as the quiz master on Billy Madison. The guy's like, we are are all now stupid for having heard you or whatever. (laughs) Wow, Like, he was in some sketches and he did like some bit roles in these movies, but that's like one of his funniest performances. No, that, uh, I see that meme 
meme going around a lot these days. Mm-hmm. The uh, we are all stupider for having heard that. Yeah, the I didn't know that was Jim Downey. Well, yep, I, that's him. I I just knew him as a name you see in SNL stories, or like not not just in the you know gigantic oral history we all know about, but also like in uh, Sarah Silverman's book, she talks a lot about working with Jim Downey and how he was the uh, the head writer for her in her time there too. Uh, it's funny that on the commentary. Meyer just fully admits, like, yeah, we he did that, and it was funny, and so we just had a character do that. And then we decided, what if Burns did that instead? <laughs> well, they write all those funny excellence for him. They may as well do it. Uh, I, honestly, I'm shocked how much Lenny's in season one. It, they, Carl barely is at all. They figured out one guy he could work with. They're yeah. like, put him in every scene. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were just like, was he just in the character pack? And they were like, oh, this guy works, I guess. I, I think they went from just everyone being in radiation suits to actually just drawing characters in the plant so like Lenny was one of the first ones that they drew and they liked and they liked the voice so I was like if Homer talks to somebody in the plant in season one it's going to be Lenny you can already see Lenny replacing Barney as the preferred friend to write for like Lenny's not a depressing slob like Barney is it's a very uh, different setup you get for him yeah just more cruelty of like nah, do it a million times on the zoom out though that vineyard looks honestly too good for Chateau Maison to have yeah how these guys land this they have to kill a hunchback Uh, (laughs) they definitely uh, gerard Depardieu's corpse is on the (laughs) premises there yeah (laughs) so perhaps they it was a family business and it was created by their parents but as uh the kids they kind of suck so they just kind of come up with a a scheme where they import american kids and get them to work on their chateau maison Mm, for three months at a time while they don't have to do anything I did. I had forgotten that uh, Ugalan is uh, the nephew, so he's the younger one. Like Cesar is the older uncle bossing him around. Mm. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that's his nephew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, I mean, that Ugalan. That situation between Cesar and Ugalan doesn't really uh, play out too much in the episode. I think there's like one other scene where it feels like uh, Ugalan is the is deferring to Cesar as 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 his leader, as as Mo is the leader of the <laughs> Three Stooges. Well, so the implication is that this is the first time they're trying this because they say to the donkey maurice you don't have to work anymore yes yeah this is definitely the first time they've done it i they love that donkey they're actually that's the one weird thing about them they're like finally this donkey that we bought to work he won't have to work any longer member of the family i think so and if this is like a season six episode the donkey would be like sitting at the table in a big chair or something (laughs) eating with them uh i have some non-interesting trivia about adil yo uh his full name actually so his name is adil Hoxha, H-O-X-H-A. On the commentary, Meyer's like, this is how his name is spelled. I don't know how to say it. But his name comes from two different Albanians. Uh, let me see. So the first, uh, so Adil comes from the name uh, Adil Karkani, who is prime minister of Albania from 1981 to 1991. So the current prime minister was named Adil when they were ah, making this episode. Okay. And uh, Hoxha comes from the Communist Party leader and de facto ruler of Albania from 1945 to 1985. 40 years. Yeah. Damn, man. That's, uh, it's, I, I mean, the heads of state would probably be the only albanians americans would have ever heard of so that that feels like if we watch an albanian cartoon and they make up a character named like george lincoln or whatever yeah. <laughs> i'm sure that they were like albania i don't know 
John Belushi was from there. We can do a tribute to him. What do we know about Albania? I don't know. Get the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, we have like an almanac in the writer's room. And basically yeah. what Lisa says is what they read out of there, I think Meyer uh, said. Also, when Lenny appears, I think he like breaks his neck to turn to Homer. It's really bad. Uh, it doesn't really match up his uh, anatomy for that head turn. <laughs> and I also really like that Homer, when he's showing off what freedom of choice is in America, it's like, look at all the different types of garbage you can eat. Huh? Like, that not one type of donuts dozens of types of donuts and even a raspberry filled mm. homer likes jelly filled donuts that's a big favorite he does us. although the default simpsons donut would just be the uh the, the pink sprinkles. one yeah with sprinkles yeah well sometimes though that has it it's like it's lined with jelly even though it's the one without an uh, with a hole in it mm. i've i've seen well that's how it was on the that was the exact same donut design they had for the virtual springfield disc but then when you take it off the disc there would be like a bite out of it and there'd be jelly coming out of it which mm. physically doesn't make sense so mistake no. there virtual springfield <laughs> as they are touring around that we go back to bart in the vineyard and it's not again not a real joke bart just gets like slapped for trying to eat one grape like you know what ouch i think is a better version of all these scenes and i wrote it down just because it struck me for the first time like camp crusty is a better version of this yeah because it's not it's not uh these two cruel frenchmen it's their school bullies making them you know stitch wallets together <laughs> and making them eat pine cones like it's fu- funnier versions of abuse you're not mm. thinking like bart and lisa are being abused like <laughs> this is serious you're like oh funny jokes about cruelty yeah you're not thinking about how they're starving to death you're thinking about like oh they're eating imitation gruel that's funny the idea of imitation cruel i haven't seen camp crusty in ages do their like clothes progressively fall apart and they look Mm -hmm. haggard and horrible yeah, it's, they get pretty ragged, yeah. It's pretty so. And also, Bart, instead of just being fully hopeless, he goes insane, hoping that Krusty is going to come. And he gets a better comeuppance on the guys, too. Though uh, though I guess the actual punishment much more comes to Cesar and Ugalan than Mi- Mr. Black. Yeah, he never comes back, Mr. Black. <laughs> uh, he could have changed his, enti- his entire identity. He could have been on the show for years now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the meanwhile, they cut back to Homer. He's showing a deal around and uh he has no idea how many laws he's breaking by letting him take photographs of all this stuff like the i think albania in the last few in the last decade or so has gotten nuclear power like they were allowed to open up a nuclear station i i read an article from 2016 about the how the iaea had uh, given them approval on their safety and they're security. in um, they're nato Okay, so they'd be allowed to have it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I just got the joke this time that it's bad for Homer to take off his radiation oh, yeah. helmet. <laughs> That's true. Like, I think a modern a, a version of this would just have Homer's skin frying or just, mm. like, something funny happened to his face, but it's just like, Homer shouldn't do that. We'd see a green skeleton, perhaps. Yeah. yeah the classic. Even, like, in season four, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I mean, in, uh, in season four, we have, like, but, Doctor, I didn't add the dye yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they then cut... All the photographs are funny, too, the how Adil is just trying to get the plans, and Homer just shoves his face into him so it's just his smiling face in these spy photos and uh then it cuts back to bart he's stomping grapes old school style and channeling his hatred for france as he stomps the grapes i thought of that stupid meme from like 20 years ago of the lady stomping grapes yes yeah oh god yeah Yeah. i boy was it i I think it it was like 10 years ago 15 years ago yeah Yeah. well i remember early one i remember watching it in florida and i moved here in 06 so it was definitely a long time ago i'm glad she survived 
survived. I yeah, now it just feels I feel bad for that poor lady. Yeah. She she just fell down and and wouldn't we all groan in that way if we uh, like oh, smashed God, yeah. our feet? Yeah. I do that when I stub my toe. <laughs> 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 I I like Bart's. Uh, I hate France. I almost made that the uh, the opening clip from that, but this this would be too mean to. And the then French. Cesar and Ugalan and uh, Maurice are all sleeping under the tree in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That feels like a reference of some kind too. Mm. The, that visual, but yeah, the joke. I guess the, mainly the joke is they make him do all this stuff and they're not. They they don't do anything. The camera pans down into the bed for a Homer and Marge bed conversation scene. The uh, the ceiling seems to be 15 feet high. <laughs> <laughs> they do have vaulted ceilings now. And uh, a g- visual gag I didn't get till this time is that Adil's photo is right above Homer and Marge. Like Homer's added it to their wall with the kids. And uh, that's when Homer just can't stop talking about his new favorite son. Jeez. Jeez. Don't wait a minute. Stupid grapes, bunch of creeps. I hate France. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, sure, I've taken a shine to little Adil. Well, he sure makes life a lot easier around here. You have to admit that. Well, okay, I will. If you admit you love Bart. Okay, okay, I love Bart. Well. One. Well. Mm, Adil's a very sweet boy. Darn tootin'. It's pretty cruel he has to be, like, pushed into saying he loves his son. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is Homer we're talking about. Yeah. But this is season one, Homer. It shouldn't be that hard. He's he's more of a human. You've always said Homer's always kind of been a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been jerk-ass in in different ways. He's in his honeymoon period with this uh, young spy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He loves loves this kid in a a fatherly way. I I mean, it would be just like the monkey, the helper monkey. Oh yeah! If you were allowed to keep a deal for a long time, he would break a deal too. He'd eventually, you know, that's an episode. A deal turned to the uh, twisted gluttony of America eventually, and he he goes rogue from Albania. <laughs> All those donuts. He, once he tastes one, he's like, "America is great." <laughs> this is do- this is. Capitalism, sign me up. Out of all the weird characters they bring back, including the two Frenchmen in this, uh, deals never come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, Uter covers a lot of those jokes you can do with him. And uh, also, I mean, they do much better stuff of like this with old Peppy in uh, Brother from the Same Planet. That is true. Also, yeah. Tress McNeil voices him. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a cuter way, but also in a similar, like, foreign, weird-looking kid way. I mean, Adil's hair to me it always reminds me of like a muppet like uh, like mm-hmm. uh, i guess scooter specifically oh, yeah it, it sort like of like scooter's rests hair. on his top of his head yeah yeah it grows out from the center this is when it's revealed that adil isn't just a sweet boy he's secretly a spy transmitting nuclear secrets to the communist country of albania we get another famous gib sting yes god no so heavy uh and the beard line on that Albanian official Moe's brother, it's like, yeah. it's all wrong. Like, especially the beard line goes above his nose. It's and weird. It's, it's real it's, weird. Uh, this character would never return. Uh, the Watching these secret transmissions in another language, too, it reminds me of Stranger Things season three, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh? I haven't seen Stranger Things season three. Well, I haven't seen Stranger Things season one. Well, it is a plot line. Probably. Season one is the best one. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Uh, season three is pretty good. And I watched three episodes of season two and then 
my husband and I decided it's time to watch a uh, explainer on what happened in the rest of season two because it was getting kind of boring. Actually, it kind of reminded me of the Americans. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So in the next scene, uh, Bart gets a letter from Marge, and uh, it's a real sad one, honestly. This, this is this, more bummer to I hate it. It's just, uh, I, poor Bart. I know he gets out of this. I've seen him like 50 <laughs> times, but. Uh, when is Bart getting free? Yeah. It's like the scene where Lisa gets the letter in the military academy. Yeah, or in uh, Lisa's letter home from Camp Krusty in uh, the episode. But at least uh, the um, Lisa said uh, message from home, it's an act break. And you're like, okay, time to watch some Domino's Pizza's commercials or whatever is coming after this. (coughs) Dear Bart, how is France? I don't know why you haven't written. I guess you're just having too much fun. (coughs) Oh, yeah, right. Silence! Everyone here in the United States is fine. We think Maggie may say her first word any day now. Lisa got an A in math, which I'm only mentioning as news. I'm not putting you down. (laughs) And your father, well, (laughs) last night he went to sleep talking about how much he loves you. (sighs) Remember to dress warm and try to be as helpful as you can to your adopted parents. All my love, mom. That's that's not good. Don't like it. And he's like, oh. Uh, I I did like the line where Marge says, "I'm just bringing that up as news, not to bring you down." Like that. That was nice. I like that. Yeah. Marge should really be like contacting Skinner about how she hasn't heard from Bart in months, and that's kind of dangerous and scary. And there's a scene like this in Camp Krusty where Marge sends a letter from home, but it turns out the bullies are reading it. It's like, tell your mom her cookies suck. Yeah. <laughs> Much better scene. Yeah. I... They found a way to make all this abuse funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Marge is wrong. Maggie wouldn't say her first word for another three and a half years, and they wouldn't even and then, hear it. Once again in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Though it was a first for them in the movie. And it wasn't like even in continuity. No, no. I mean, yeah. But by the time we get to the movie, what even is continuity? You know, Wait, you're not wrong though. If I know, if I saw sent my kid to a foreign country and I did not have the internet or any way to contact them and I hadn't heard from them in ages, I would be losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with like worry that something had happened to them. And I mean, I know this is 1990, and there's fewer options. So in 1990, you could have gotten a phone card and you could have called home. Yeah, but those are very expensive. Not the the small budget of the Simpson family; they couldn't afford that. When, I mean, that was like literally the first thing I did when I was in Japan. Was I immediately found a way to call home because mm. on a payphone actually hmm, using wow. a phone card because it was just like, well, I should tell my parents that I'm safe. You know, <laughs> man, that's uh, now you can just like Skype for free, basically. Yeah. Or, Skype yeah. was a game changer. That mm-hmm. was amazing. This is an ad for Skype now. Actually, it's, I never use Skype itself. We don't right? use Skype for this podcast. No, we're, we're all here in person, but when there's a remote <laughs> guest, never Skype. Nope. But yeah, that's an interesting point, though. It's made the world a lot smaller because mm-hmm. and when this show was made, France really did feel so far away compared to now where like I go over to France and I'm just checking my phone and reading my email and seeing all the headlines from the US and maybe talking to people on WhatsApp or even literally texting them. Whereas like people go over to another country and just disappear for a year yeah. uh it's, it made it easier to abandon people and change your and commit crimes yeah. <laughs> a lot of different identity thefts could happen in that way uh, i mean that would have been interesting if bart went over in 2020 and they were trying to perpetrate the same schemes like hi mom yeah, yeah they got me working in the 
winery. <laughs> I just at least they could have had jokes. You know, here's another place for jokes. Them doing silly things to trick Marge into think Bart, thinking Bart is fine, like one of them impersonating Bart on a phone call or forging letters home. Oh or yeah, I was going, hey man. Yeah. yeah, there's there's those are jokes they could have put in, but they they just didn't want Cesar Ugolan to even be like kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so yes, then Bart. Well, they love that donkey though. Bart depressingly collapses on a pale pile of hay. Uh, and then we get to the next scene, which is inspired by a 1985 crime, is it not? Yes. Apparently, several Austrian wineries were illegally adulterating their wines using the active agent of uh, antifreeze to make it taste more full-bodied. So that actually happened in the 80s. It was yeah. a scandal. The diethylene glycol uh, wine scandal, which uh, I feel bad for the French in this, that if, if you're uncultured Americans like us, you think like, oh, the French did it? It's like, no, it was Austrians. Yeah. Austrians did this. And I think like there's some of the humor is coming to the fact that like uh, they've only been aging the wine for three days, but they're being very impatient. Like, no, we need to sell the wine now. So add the antifreeze to add lots of antifreeze. So I think that's part of the joke, but it's just too subtle. You have to know about like, you have to be thinking about like how long wine should age, not like, you're really thinking about like poor Bart. <laughs> Someone stop these men, not like, yeah. that's not long enough to age your wine. Wine takes longer to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're gonna blind them. Jeez. Yeah. Well, and I think the people who pour, who put the diethylene glycol in stuff, they didn't pour antifreeze from a jug into no. a wine bottle either. They didn't go to the store and buy antifreeze. As far as I know, like Bart should die instantly, or at least he should be in incredible intestinal pain. He should be drunk. Yeah. He should also, be stumbling to the antifreeze oh, store. Yeah. He does that weird animation where he's like, and he just drop, drop, throws it right down his throat and burps. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like he oh, drank yeah. like three glasses of wine in that giant it's not like a sip thing. No. he just throws it down his throat <laughs> in his child metabolism and body that he'd yeah. just be plastered I, I also like how they instantly tell like see he's not blind see like which I think the danger is not that you instantly go blind from drinking uh, antifreeze it's that it'll happen over time like it's not uh, but I guess that's a joke about Cesar's carelessness that he's just like ah look he's fine they're Get very much in a hurry been hmm? talking this entire time about like how the winery isn't very funny and how they've just been abusing Bart and all that stuff and I keep thinking back to the shorts which were, had a very different energy from the rest of the series in that it was very low-key like very low-key energy and also often very dark in its like particular brand of humor like i think about homer scaring everybody about world war three for example <laughs> yeah or marge singing the lullaby to uh, maggie basically going you're gonna die <laughs> right and it's it's that kind of humor in here right where we don't even really recognize it as humor they're just going really dark here just to show how unfair life is to a child yeah. i yeah. guess or i yeah. guess like the gimmick of like what if a cartoon could be this mean and cruel in yeah. 1990 but yeah i yeah. mean that was kind of a thing right i mean you were talking about the point main point of comparison for the simpsons in 1990 was the huxtables it was mm -hmm. a cosby show so this would have seemed really like wow i can't believe what i am watching right now this is so far removed from everything else on tv this is so far removed from freaking full house yeah you know yeah. i i think uh i mean no full house episode would send a character to france i don't think <laughs> they no. go to disneyland yeah well because france isn't paying for that trip to france so if you put it in the context of the times this would have really 
set Fox apart and made it sure. seem really edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're about to roll into Mary with, uh, sorry, not Mary with Children, uh, in Living Color. Yeah. Well, actually, it is Mary with Children, then in Living oh, Color. Man. So, yeah. Quite a, a ribald night <laughs> by Fox. <laughs> Uh, but you're starting it with this like lengthy parody of a uh, French film and book series most Americans have never heard of. So uh, on other channels, you're watching the zany hijinks of the Tanner family. Mm-hmm. And here you see young Bart being poisoned with antifreeze in a <laughs> French winery. It's, I mean, it does make me feel really bad to watch Bart be literally poisoned. Like, that's uh, pretty horrible. And even Ugolan uh, uh, is just like, oh, this is too far. Like, you're going to kill people. Like, that That puts him in the uh, the subordinate role there where Cesar's like, no, I won't. Come but on. But then they're, like, doing the little the eye check, and they're like, eh, it seems fine to me. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, like, the antifreeze works, or the, the active agent of it, uh, works as a sweetener to wine that I think mm. makes it taste fancier or aged in a different way. Like that can, uh, it's it's a good trick. I think. Well, somebody who had her worst bottle of wine ever in Austria can say, I totally believe that Austrian wineries did that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm not the biggest wine fan. Cat, I'm, a, I'm a rose basic bitch. Cat showing off for metropolitan nature. It's yeah. like, don't go to Austria and drink their wine, people. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, I've canceled my plans right now. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was yeah, Budapest. Wine. I was a wine drinker when I went to Austria and Germany, and I was a beer drinker when I went to France and Italy. Mm. Yeah, that does sound backwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I, what is a French beer? A French beer is very light, like it's a blonde. Mm, okay, and I think my language. I think they're basically the equivalent of Budweiser is sixteen sixty four. Oh, which is it's not great. So yeah, just don't get beer in France. I'll steer clear of that. Though in Lyon, good beer in Lyon. Uh, but yes, Bart drinks some antifreeze. Tu es quelqu'un? T'es fou! <coughs> what are you doing? Get out of here! Sorry. Uh, on second thought, Bart! Bart? Come here. <laughs> Regarde, je te parie que ça va même pas le rendre aveugle. Drink this. Oh, I know, thanks. Sir. Do not worry. This is France. <laughs> it is customary for children to take a little wine now and then. Yeah, but it's got antifreeze in there. Drink it! <laughs> I wonder if they did like the fun of getting away with showing a child drink alcohol on TV. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. It, is, it is slightly edgy. I mean, it's like edgy and transgressive TV yeah. for 1990. Uh, and then after poisoning Bart they then sent him on a bike barefoot into town in the rain like it's just again quite cruel but their final cruelty goes so far and that is their mistake like they trusted <laughs> their hostage to leave and come back I guess if you break them they'll come back yeah yeah well also they probably don't they think he doesn't speak French they were just speaking French in front of him and he didn't That's follow true, it yeah. so they they probably were uh, expecting him not to know it but uh, yes Bart heads into town that's where he meets a uh, a fancy French cop who a looks 19th like 19th century cop I know he, like he looks, Jean Valjean or something <laughs> oh now that no, Javert is the cop Jean Bro. Valjean is oh my uh, bad the I've been exposed as a fraud uh, Javert I am the same as you I, I love Les Mis so so much but he, uh, I was thinking of like when I saw the cops in Matilda books as a mm. kid, like that's who, well, that's what they look like to me. Well, he's like in a 19th century kind of village. It looks like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, with a rotisserie, la, la mm-hmm. rotisserie. But yes, Bart uh, meets a cop and he learns a little something about himself. You're a policeman, aren't you? Excusez-moi, 
Je ne parle pas anglais. But you, you gotta help me. These two guys I'm staying with, they work me day and night. They don't feed me. They make me sleep on the... Tiens, petit garçon. Voilà un bonbon. I... I, I don't want a piece of candy. I need your help. <laughs> Come on, mister. Can you help me? Je suis désolé. J'aimerais vraiment pouvoir vous aider. Oh, forget it. I'm so stupid. Anybody could have learned this dumb language by now. Here I've listened to nothing but French for the past two mois. Et je ne sais pas ce mot. Eh? Mais je parle français maintenant. Incroyable! So yes, Bart realizes he speaks French, and uh, uh, skill he would completely lose after this episode. But he's he's fluent in it. Did we get a new uh, voice actor in this episode playing that cop? It's not like Dan or Harry or Hank. But I do think that's an original actor, uh, like not a guest actor to yeah. speak to Very speak fluent Parisian French. I think there. Well, I don't know the dialect. Please, French speakers, uh, tell me what dialect is is French is. But I what I do know is. That um, the Twitter user Metomic, Matt Amic, like Atomic, uh, they did a collection of clips of Simpsons being localized into multiple different languages. And that Twitter user said, uh, clipped out a separate scene of Bart in this. Uh, but it's for the Quebecois French uh, oh, localization of it, yeah. and Bart is speaking Quebecois French to a to the officer who's still speaking French, and they still aren't able to talk to one another. And Bart <laughs> even apparently says the line like, uh, "I thought they spoke French. I thought they spoke French in France." Uh, and so it was it was just a funny uh, way that they localized it in a, in a, it's into a joke that they didn't make in the uh, in the original version and everybody should look that up that's m a t t o m i c hmm. on twitter search that in quebecois and you'll probably find it or that in french you'll you'll find the clip yeah the, i also the 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 officer like pulls off a piece of taffy i guess that was like he, he seems very old timey in that way too with his uh just ancient Delicious candy bon bon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes bar instantly learns french explains everything to the cop he's like oh my god what like he's he i think there is a joke that bart names all the things they did and the last thing he says is and they gave my hat to a donkey and that's also this is the second time bart loses that lucky red cap like he lost Hmm. it in call the simpsons that's right he's more famous for losing it than wearing (laughs) it and like the joke here is the cop only really cares when he hears the wine has been uh you know oh yeah i guess that is a joke yeah he's like like, the wine oh no (laughs) that super low-key energy yeah that's true he did i i think he does go like oh there's a law against that like it's seeming to imply that like oh they abuse children all the time at a wine snore tell me something (laughs) i haven't heard from 19th century France, apparently. They didn't yeah. have True. child labor laws then. No, I mean, they work barred in a normal way for probably how a child was worked on a, in a vineyard back then, yeah. When it comes to Bart being able to suddenly speak France, French, I know people like that and I hate them because <laughs> I'm so they jealous. They just break out French and they're well, like, oh yeah, I always they, spoke they go to a country and they come back and they go, yep, I speak fluent Portuguese now. And you're like, what? Huh? How? <laughs> I, I memorize that. facts about TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, that's, uh, I don't need verbs in other languages. Uh, but yes, as uh, Bart is saved, but meanwhile, 
Homer comes home with a bunch of plans. Uh, he even says nuclear. I think it's his first nuclear in the show. Though, man, talk, uh, there's some bad, not some great layouts in the show or just very basic ones. The way Homer enters the room with, honey, I'm home. Like, it's just, it's it's very simple. Also, and also honey, I'm high. home. Mm, oh, yeah. Not, not very funny. I mean, I think maybe it's to echo Bart's froggy, I'm home. Yeah, and I guess As the so. first line of the episode. Or it's a joke that, Homer is being a typical sitcom dad, and it's like a comment on that. And also, the ceilings are very high on that scene, too. Like, another another wacky background. Uh, but as, uh, as Homer comes home, he sees that Flanders is getting swatted. <laughs> oh, God. Honey, I'm home. Hello, Homer. What's that? Oh, just some blueprints a deal wanted. I'm telling you, he's such a curious little dickens. I bet he could build a nuclear power plant if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sparrow, we know you're in there. We'll give you one minute to surrender. Oh, my. Ooh, trouble in the neighborhood. Let's check it out. I'm his neighbor. What'd he do? Well, sir, the- well, sir <laughs> we've been on the trail of a spy transmitting highly confidential information to an unfriendly nation. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Through the use of radio triangulation, we tracked him to exactly this point. Wow. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, the name of his country starts with the letter A. Mm. Time's up, Sparrow. We're coming in after you. Oh, gee whiz. A deal would get a kick out of seeing this. A deal? A sparrow. God, like I'm thinking of the jokes they could have made with Flanders getting his house swatted. Yeah. We hear a window breaking, but there's no like, oh, how's it going, boys? Or something funny like that. What I don't can know. I do you for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like but... him being maced or hit with a beanbag gun or something. I guess they didn't really know Flanders yet. They didn't. He was just the guy who owned a bunch of stuff <laughs> and was very good natured about it. They could have invited it. him to the rumpus room and yeah. given them some beer. Yeah. Oh, well, he hasn't built the rumpus room yet. He built the rumpus room and invited Homer over the first time later in the series. So, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. If I, if I, I may, forgot I'm on Talking Simpsons. If I may be highly <laughs> pedantic here. We're uh, big on rumpus room history. <laughs> uh, but no, the SWAT officers with Flander. Uh, yeah, there's, there's more comedy there. There's at least some jokes of... The FBI agent just telling Homer everything or like 90% of the facts. He's like, oh, like Homer's kind of sad. He can't tell. Like, oh, all right. I'll tell you. It starts with an A. Okay. Uh, but also in a like weird animation choice behind all the FBI agents are all drawn to look the same, which feels very cartoony. Very G-Men like. Yeah. From like yeah. the 40s. Uh, but also like there's a cop just eating donuts behind them like very oh, it's yeah. just drawing your focus in a in a silly drawing kind of way that doesn't really back up though i could see the script said homer's next door neighbor's house uh is being broken into but they didn't say flanders because they're just like well whoever his neighbor is it's just about it being his neighbor but then on the animation side they're like oh we already have set up who his neighbor is let's draw flanders's house uh i i could see it being that situation yeah i think in the script it was like like Homer's just excited to see carnage happen to any neighbor. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, good, they're going to get Flanders. This is great. Like, what did Flanders do? You know, what if they made up another neighbor that we we would have known about? I guess. Well, no, we we know he's surrounded by the Winchells and the Flanderses. But uh, yeah, that FBI guy never came back either. And that I like Meyer on the commentary. He dumps on the episode even too. Where he's just like, there's no reason for a deal to drop that mic and draw attention to him, but he just does. He just dropped that at a very inopportune moment, <laughs> and then they found him. That's ah, bad luck on his part. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it is. You know, talking more about the the poetry of this episode. All the cops show up. 
at the end of that story, and then it cuts to the cops showing up to Chateau Maison okay. at the same time. Yeah. So at least they're they're mirroring each other in interesting ways. Cesar and Ugalan are, are arrested. They they curse instead of those meddling kids. They curse the student exchange program, <laughs> and uh, they would not come back very often. They would just be like background weirdos. I like I, I wrote down some of the appearances. They appear in Last Exit to Springfield as robbers when Burn shuts down the power plant, and like oh. you know robberies start happening. Oh, I miss that. Yeah, I mean I'm sure they're just in the background with a bunch of like uh, snake type characters. Yes, yes. And then they appear as uh, in a minor role, both of them in season 27's To Courier with Love. Okay, listen up, Al Jean. You're, you can't make a two sir with love reference in the 2010s. You got to cut it out. No more West Side Story. No more. Um, what was the the last short? The parody of it, it was West Side Story. Yeah. No, I mean the last short before Onward. What was the name of that? Oh, uh, Play Date with Destiny. Yeah, Date yeah. with Destiny. Yeah. Let's, let's let's cut it out. Let's move our references forward a bit. But they played uh, characters in that in that episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. They were using season one episode characters in 20. 27th season episodes yeah yeah and that was the first time they returned for almost in like almost 25 years like more than 25 years actually yeah i just imagine they must have been really jarring because of those designs i were like french comic characters i should have looked it up on disney plus because uh i don't know what they look like i have to assume they weren't redesigned because Mm. like cesar's weird like uh whiskers like no other character has those side (laughs) whiskers like they look like characters from tintin or something yeah 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 maybe that's what they were going for you know Uh, uh, and this entire like all the France scenes look like they're from Tintin. <laughs> uh, and and Bart becomes briefly famous in France. He seems to get the Legion of Honor even. And do the fam does the family know what happened to Bart? Seemingly no. not. It's it's weird. They don't. They just seem to treat it as he's coming back at the appointed time. They, and he had a great time. Look, he's yeah. got he's got baguettes. French, and, yeah. Uh, they make no reference to it. it. I guess that makes it feel very weak too. That they're just like, oh, and Bart returns, and nobody cares. There'd be a lot. There's a lot to cover here if he's going to talk to them about this. Yeah, and they got to speed up to the end. We need to see Skinner getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Bart uh, seems to get the Legion of Honor, which uh, many Americans have received that honor, including uh, Clint Eastwood, Josephine oh. Baker, Alexander Graham Bell, Miles Davis, and Bob Dylan, hmm. to just name a few. Many, but not. Bob Denver. <laughs> well, I didn't skim that far. <laughs> thing. Maybe I, I bet he didn't. But uh, le- I maybe they love Gilligan over there. He's mm. right up there with uh, Jerry Lewis. Yeah, you know? he's a b- an oaf, a <laughs> classic a- bumbling oaf. Then we get a very brief uh, handoff of a deal to uh, trade for an American spy who he just looks like he's a cool kid from like the the Spy Kids show <laughs> of 1990. And I swear, like most of the dialogue of the family was done after the fact, and it's oh, just so totally. weirdly. Pays like he means me. There's so many silences here that, uh, or clear ADR that then when you read it as ADR, they're like, oh, this was just a very sterile scene of silent hugs. And they (laughs) they realized, oh, Homer's off screen and we can't see Bart's mouth. So let's add that in there. But but first, let's say goodbye to a deal in this clip. So he's going to prison? Mm, No. We've arranged an exchange for one of our own men caught in Albania. So, Sparrow, we meet again. Yes. Sometimes I think I am getting too old for this game. Okay, kids. Let's hurry it up. (laughs) Goodbye, Simpsons. Thank you for your hospitality. I hope this experience will not sour you on the student exchange program. Goodbye, Adil. Goodbye. Have a nice trip. Goodbye, Adil. 
I'll send you those civil defense plans you wanted. Air France flight 1988, Paris to Springfield is now arriving. Another Paris to Springfield direct flight. That's funny. But as a somebody who likes Cold War spy thrillers, I found the whole sometimes I think we're getting too old for this between <laughs> the two kids pretty funny. Yeah, I did like that. And it does point out both countries are just as bad. Yeah. So it echoes the argument that was had earlier. Like, oh yeah, we were sending spies over there. So We did it too. Yeah. yeah. I uh you know, that kind of scene reminds me of that recent movie, Atomic Blonde, that's really good about uh the this the same kind of trading spy craft and everything. That's uh if you'd like to see a, a fun, violent and sexy Atomic of uh, uh, spy movie. That's a really good one. Wasn't there that movie Red Sparrow or something like that? Yeah, yeah. There's species, but with a spy. Boy, mm. I I'm, yes. I'm drawing a blank. I think you're right. On that, on that, I'm drawing a blank. But, um, but uh, oh yeah, I mean, Atomic Wand. Also, if you love, if you love the John Wick movies, it's very similar in like, Ooh. you know, an older badass like with realistic violence kind Was of. That's Charlize. Charlize Theron. Yes, yeah. Charlize Theron. <laughs> well, that's high praise because yeah. John Wick's hard to top. And it's also quite bisexual as well. Ooh. So, uh, ooh La la. Uh, but yes, as the family and the series says goodbye to a deal never to be seen again, uh, Bart, Excellent. <laughs> Bart returns home and uh, we get a, a cute little ending here. Look, Mom, there he is. Oh, Bart. My hey, where's the big guy? He means me. Hey, boy. Hey, Homer. He brought us gifts. His first unselfish act. So, basically, I met one nice French person. Bart, I have something to say that's going to bother me if I don't say it. It's good to see you. Same here. I love a glass of that wine Bart brought us. Sorry, Marge. Some wise guy stuck a cork in the bottle. Oh, mon père. Quel You hear that, Marge? My boy speaks French. God, that music when Bart is... Uh, no, not that music. That music's also bad. But the music when Bart is reunited with the family sounds like he just got a piece of the Triforce. <laughs> it, like, fell from the sky and he grabbed it. It's like this triumphant fanfare, like... Gib, you gotta cut down on the coffee, buddy. We know we get the point of these emotional scenes. <laughs> get is a triforce. Yeah. yeah, he's paid for every note. I want that bad. Bum, 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 bum. And I hate that too. Listen, we're gonna move past Gib very soon. Alf Clausen is a gift to us all, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that they were like, Gib, hit the road. We got an Alf guy coming on. Remember <laughs> Elf? Al- Elf it from is Elf. really bombastic in a yeah. way that's distracting in a very low key show. Well, even that's true. Yeah, that last bit, it's good enough to like, bum, 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 bum. But even then, he has to have like bum after yeah. that, like just to have like boom, it's over, boom, like. And Homer clearly is about a place in life where he's never had a wine that doesn't have a screw off cap. I guess that's the <laughs> joke, or maybe yeah. just never seen I had a bottle of wine before, so I think it, it's supposed to screw off. I think that's the joke. Yeah, yeah that's the joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and then Homer is. Uh, I I like he's wearing a t shirt. It's weird to see Homer wearing a t shirt mm. with that kind of design, but the. Uh, and you also like his first unselfish act. The same that and where's the big guy? That's all ADR. Like I he think <laughs> I think originally that just played fully silently, I, which isn't funnier. I like think it's so. better they added in the they lines. Sh- they should have added jokes to like those lines to every scene in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard to bring anything out of the turn up that is those French scenes. I guess I so. Uh, but There's very little meat in these Frenchmen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, the bags of stuff that Bart brings, one, they look like the same props that were used in the life on the fast lane when Marge gives Lisa mm. and Bart their bags. Or at Just least like with grocery the- bags full of items. <laughs> yeah, but but also they all look like stuff bought at the last second at the airport as Bart was leaving for sure, yeah. <laughs> the Paris airport. But uh, as for other references in there... Maggie's uh, hanging off of a red balloon as a reference to that film. Uh, Marge seems to be wearing like a fancy Chanel dress or something Mm. as uh, accidentally foreshadowing a future Marge episode. And uh, fittingly, the most left wing of the group has the guillotine. And that's. Oh, yeah. That was a good visual game. Those are very popular (laughs) these days. (laughs) The French, the French showed us the French. Mm -hmm. I made it that far with saying the French without doing my beloved uh, parody. It's a cute ending but uh boy i think i think this is my least favorite season one episode i really do i think so and some uh massive loser uh by the name of <laughs> david bowder in 1997 he wrote a list for tv guide uh what are the best episodes of television ever uh 1997 and there are these are not this is not a proper listicle where it's just like headline here's a description of the episode and why it's funny and just like uh twin peaks mod golden girls and there's just like episode 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 <laughs> episode the one with mary tyler moore at the top uh yes chuckles the clown like uh chuckles says goodbye sorry chuckles bites the dust is always yeah. like uh in that era that was like that's a, that, that was the gold standard yeah that was yeah. the tetris of uh old video of old, mo- TV <laughs> old show video description. yeah and i think in uh in 10 years it'd be like seinfeld the contest we'd be oh, far enough yes. away from that like we no one has seen mary tyler moore in like 20 years i know it's good <laughs> but that's no longer the gold standard but he said that this was the best episode of the simpsons ever in 1997, and I want to know like what's going on with this guy. It was in June of 97, so Boy. season 8 was over. The quote-unquote golden years, I don't believe in that, but the quote-unquote golden years of the show were over. Yeah. And he still thinks, maybe, did he just stop watching in season 1? I Probably. think it was just The Simpsons was the most popular, and he was like, well, I gotta have an episode of The Simpsons. I'll pick this one from but season this, 1. It, yeah, this one is crazy. Twilight crazy Zone, show. best episode to serve man. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah. No way. It's all bad, and you know so what? what? Said, so I mean, this, this guy classic from, listical stuff though. Yep. It's just getting us. They're angry. getting you. Yeah, they got. They us. got you. Yeah. And guess what? He is on Twitter now. I won't tell you his. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I won't tell you his name uh, on there, but uh, you can just find it for yourself. But I have more followers. So who won? In I want. Uh, I want to yell at him for his listicle in 1997. <laughs> like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> yes, I mean you can politely ask him. Say, hey, look, I just read this TV guide uh, article. Like, why did you think this? I'd like to know. It's like it was 23 years ago, but I bet he was paid more than any of us have ever been paid oh my god i bet he made two thousand dollars for that for no no that wasn't like it's probably like fourth that like writing for tv guide in 97 an article a feature that's crazy okay now we're gonna ask him how much did you make from that article (laughs) paid his entire rent but he seems like a nice man and he says uh his his profile says television writer for the associated press he's still doing it married with daughter sophie and son ben long-suffering mets and syracuse fan he's not including terrible opinions about the simpsons (laughs) well i also saw on the wikipedia like a different list had said this was the best episode of season one. I was like, how dare you? How I, dare you? I didn't hate this episode that much. Uh, but it's not the best episode of season one or the show's what, first eight years. What is the best episode of season one? I think Krusty Gets Busted, Hell right? Yeah, yeah. Next week's episode, oh, okay, Krusty yeah, Gets Busted. Best. Well, 
But that's the most traditional one, I think. Uh, no way, no. It's, I mean, it's the one that's the closest to the voice that you start to see yeah. in Simpsons. That's why we like it. The best. Yeah. yeah. Whereas <laughs> Crepes of Wrath is kind of this interesting historical curiosity, and it has a lot of really dark jokes and kind of bone dry humor and. I guess I was watching it with this kind of mindset of like, well, it's season one Simpsons. It's going to be definitely different from what I'm expecting. And like I came out going, well, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, it had its moments. Here's the thing. There are episodes of The Simpsons that are really boring. And I've talked about some of them on this episode. Like we were mentioning the one where Lisa goes to military school. That's a pretty boring episode. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily call this episode boring. It's not, it's not boring. It's just a bummer. Yeah, I guess more more sad, I suppose. Yeah. I think I, the people were making the point that this was an animated show that had suddenly this grand sweep, like Bart's going to France. Like he's having this crazy adventures. Well, mm. not adventures so much, but <laughs> this crazy escape from these guys who are running a winery in France. And it is, there's it, this Cold War spy thriller and people are going, I've never seen anything like this in a cartoon show. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, I, it it is boundary pushing in that way, and it is the first Simpsons goes to a place. I'm just it's... confused. I'm reading more of this list now, and there's another Simpsons on here, a 66. The episode he calls Gabo is Fabo. What? <laughs> what the hell? What? Was he given incorrect information? I'm, I'm really he means, I think he was. Now. He means Krusty gets canceled. So wow. that is further down the list from uh, Gabo is Fabo. All right. Boy. Now you have my permission. Go out and. No, 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 I'm kidding. Satire. That's it's a, a joke. Joke. Yes. joke. Joke, joke, joke. Be nice to this guy. But okay, look. I, this isn't like a horrible episode, but it's just, it was flat in a lot of ways. And it also felt like, uh, I think it showed them they can't do just Bart adventures as much as they thought they could when they started this season too. I think yeah. they, they need a little more fun, but also, you know, I think what it was hurt by, it just had way too many cooks in the kitchen. You had two different directors, four credited writers, lots of ADR. Like I, I think they'd even say they, they didn't know what they wanted this to well, be really. Like I said, I, you can really feel the difference in just the intro Mm -hmm, which is much more kind of traditional season one simpsons it's obvious that they're like how do we even start this thing how do we get bart to france what's going on here (laughs) Mm -hmm. we got to have an excuse and then they wrote this the scene that really does actually kind of drag i mean you said it was like three minutes where two and a half minutes yeah Yeah, (laughs) that's a long time by simpson standards so get him to france for heaven's sake such a long circular argument like i think she should go to france (laughs) i don't know about that (laughs) i feel like that's bart yeah and there's a frog (laughs) yeah uh yes yeah but uh i guess that we've said enough about this yeah yeah, sorry. This, I think we were a bring down, and I apologize for that. Down. But this episode made one boy happy. A little boy named David Bowder. It touched his heart <laughs> so even more than Gabo is Fabo, and we like it. Cat, uh, you're our special guest. Please let us know where we can find you and what you do and how we can support you. Hold on. I need to get in one more reference oh, about please. how I'm rich and stuff. I oh, wait. I, so I apologize for making fun of your privilege, Cat. You are a patron, so oh, you, you are paying it forward. You mm. learn the lessons that you should have learned in life. I appreciate it. But yeah. you should up your you should up your Patreon because frankly you travel to Europe too much. I do, and we know what you're worth. So, <laughs> fifteen bucks from you, Cat. I'm expecting it. Well, if I can do the fifty dollar level, does that mean I can choose the episodes? Ooh, uh, let's just give mm. Cat an extra slot. Yeah, you know, let's let's talk about this off mic. <laughs> does that mean I can finally do Tailspin with you guys? Ooh, we're making mm. deals. All right. There you go. I'll do Tailspin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm the editor in chief over at US Gamer, making the big bucks, oh. and I also have a podcast called Acts of the Blood God. It's our RPG podcast that I host with Nadia Oxford and we're best buds with Retronauts so if you're a big fan of Retronauts you should come over and listen to us we're doing 
a series called the console rpg quest uh the last one we did was the playstation 2 which oh my god what an episode i mean Mm. just just the rpg library of the ps2 alone was well more than an hour of podcasting time and we could have gotten a lot longer than that honestly we just had to keep the episode under control Mm. did you cover wild arms 4 it's a hidden gem oh man i mean we should have why was Mm. it a hidden gem bob it's uh it was overlooked it's a it's an rpg where the uh there are traditional battles but the actual levels are like platforming Mm -hmm. it's interesting very interesting dragon quest 8 where that land on there oh man we were talking about that one for quite a bit but I I don't know. Like, if I think back to the best PS2 RPG, I think I probably have to say it's Persona 4. But Mm -hmm. I I probably would agree with you. Boy, PS2 was such a long lifespan. The thing that was interesting about that console, and I promise I won't go on too long, but (laughs) the thing that was interesting about that console, as we were talking about, was the Super Nintendo had the absolute peak but the ps2 had kind of the breadth and the depth of the rpg it's true library. yeah mm-hmm. so so yeah look for that on axe of the blood god yeah and follow me on twitter at the underscore catbot so yes please support cat check out her stuff but as for our stuff if you want to support us and get all of our episodes one week ahead of time and ad free please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons and if you sign up at the five dollar level you'll get just that but also access to all of our episodes behind the five dollar paywall over 100 at this point that includes all of our mini series but and then that also will include our upcoming miniseries talking mission hill and yes that'll be all of mission hill covered in the talking simpson style so get all of that only if you are a five dollar patron and we have so many other miniseries available for you like let's say talking futurama or talking of the hill if you enjoy king of the hill and futurama we have entire miniseries devoted to the earlier seasons of that show and we have one more miniseries happening in 2020 in the fall so we have two total miniseries to treat you to if you are a five dollar patron but henry can tell everybody out there what's happening at the ten dollar level one extra long podcast Every month for patrons that's voted on by patrons. That is correct. Every month on our What a Cartoon Movie podcast, $10 and up patrons get to hear us talk about a different animated feature film, sometimes for over four hours. We most recently did SpongeBob SquarePants the movie, where we talked about the originally planned to be finale of the SpongeBob story, a really great film. And before that, we did The Great Mouse Detective and many others that you'll love to hear. So if you want all that cool five dollar stuff plus some little bit extra go to patreon.com slash talking simpson and sign up for 10 bucks a month so i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. find me on twitter as bob servo i have another podcast by the way that is retronauts a classic gaming podcast you can find retronauts wherever you find podcasts but we have a patreon as well and that is at patreon.com slash retronauts and if you sign up for five bucks over there you'll get two episodes extra every month two full-length episodes that aren't available on the free feed again that is patreon.com slash retronauts or just find retronauts wherever you listen to podcasts henry how about you hey you can follow me henry gilbert on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g i'm sure to tweet all the updates about my life there and you'll stay in the loop and you should be following on twitter the official twitter account of this podcast at talk simpsons pod anytime new podcasts go out for this or our sister show what a cartoon you'll learn about it there on at talk simpsons pod please follow it today thanks so much for joining us folks we will see you next week for our favorite episode of season one crusty gets busted and we'll see you then